4: listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
5: Radio. Yes, living their dream once again here on a fabulous college football Saturday. It is Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz with you. And what well, we got to tell you right at the top, a little bit difficult for us today because our schools are going head-to-head right now. UCLA and Oregon, the Bruins with a 7-0 lead. They got the ball back and then a tip pass, so to speak. Hacking of the arm there. Oregon gets the ball back on an interception. So Jeff, here we watching a, uh, a really a huge game for both of these schools right now. Not only for Oregon and UCLA, but for the Pac-12 in general. Trying to really get some uh, substantial ink right now in light of all the other conferences seemingly being thrust ahead of them. So how, how challenging this is going to be to focus on what we got to do for the next three hours while watching this game the entire way.
6: Steve, my quarterback has given me a heart attack. I just I, I can't I, I just can't do this anymore. Like can we just can we have a new quarterback, please? If you're listening, Oregon, or anyone at Oregon who's listening to the show right now, can we get a new quarterback, please? Like I just I just can't do it. All right you're um, telling
5: me he's not Justin Herbert is what you're saying.
6: Well it's funny because coach Coach Moorhead, the offense coordinator.
5: What do we have right there? Was that a uh
6: a blocked punt. block punt. Um play. and uh Coach um Coach Moorhead, our office coordinator, said this week that uh, Anthony Brown, is, he's not Justin Herbert, he's not Marcus Martin, he's not Dennis Dixon. Yeah, yeah, he is not. That is correct. Um, so, uh, yeah, block punt, and this is not looking good for, uh, for the old uh, Ducks, bringing out some uh, odd-looking uniforms. But so far today, so far today, the theme has been surviving advance, right? Oklahoma down 10-0 at halftime. They come back and beat Kansas by 11. And then Cincinnati was down today to, um, to Navy early in that game. And they come back and they won by seven, but uh, it was it was a little bit uh, kind of stretched out than that. Navy scored late, late in that game. So we got a game in five overtimes right now Illinois and Penn State. I mean, it's a yeah. surviving advance well, day.
5: You're mentioning this five overtime game. If you're not familiar with the updated overtime rules now, when it gets to the third overtime, all you're doing is two point conversion attempts. And so there's no lining up the 25-yard line, none of that. Basically, you're exchanging two-point conversion attempts. Both teams failed in the third time, third overtime. Both teams failed in the fourth overtime. So that's what you have now once you get to the third and there's another fail. (laughs) I mean, this could go all day. Uh, But that's what happens now once you get to the third overtime (laughs) is that you just exchange two-point conversion attempts. Uh, back and forth. And so you'll go through these overtimes quick if nobody converts. And right now, that's where we are in this fifth overtime. Illinois, two and six, two and five right now overall against number seven, Penn State. What the heck is going on with Penn
6: Whoa. State? It just feels like, you know, this is the year when everything is not normal, right? It's just the year when everything is upside down. Um, you know, Sean Clifford came back today for Penn State, and they just have not been able to, to move the ball, which is surprising because against Iowa a couple weekends ago with, with Clifford, they moved the ball just fine against a but, much but, better defense. But how than about Illinois. this? Illinois, Chase Brown, 223 yards rushing. Joshua McCray,
5: 142 yards rushing. Yeah. Illinois has 357 yards on the ground.
6: Yeah, you know, Penn state I, I,
5: only has 227 total yards in this game. Oh. It feels like
6: outside of Georgia's uh Georgia's defense yeah. and maybe Alabama's like offense. Um there's nothing reliable each week. No. Uh yeah, so this um it is uh it, that's what's kind of what controllable is this year. It's, it's made it fun a little bit, right? That that we just You know, we just don't really know what's going to happen. UCLA has
5: just just scored scored. a a touchdown, a touchdown pass for UCLA. They go up thirteen nothing in this game. Uh, This is a huge, huge matchup for Chip Kelly. I mean, you you can talk about well, they're five and two, they have a winning record. Yeah, okay, not really. Um, They need a big win against a quality team. Oregon's been struggling. I mean, your your Ducks were so yeah. dynamic in that road victory against Ohio State. They lose to Stanford, a team they should have beaten. They barely beat Cal. Uh, I know, obviously, Bordell, your uh, number one running back is out, but wh- what why. is going on right now with this Oregon football team?
6: Um, yeah, look, we, we played down to opponents. I did not expect this to happen. I don't think our effort level has been the problem today. We just haven't been executing very well. Um, and part of it is our quarterback, man. I, I know that it, it sounds uh, ridiculous to complain about your quarterback when you're five and one, but he's pro football focus uh, lowest graded quarterback in the PAC 12 conference. All right. He's number 12 on a five and one football team. That's ranked 10th in the country. You have the worst quarterback in the conference. He's not good now no one else is ready right they've said continually said that that no one else is is ready and and fine i get that but we're gonna lose our season here if no one else is ready to play right i mean at some point they showed a play a a first down play after the interception there's two guys open you gotta throw the ball brown we gotta, gotta let go of the ball and we saw you know a couple weekends ago when when we were um when we were uh um, you know doing the show against Stanford, uh, when the UCLA Congress Stanford, the, 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 Anthony Brown just just didn't didn't do what he's supposed to do. Like he just did whatever he wanted to do. So um it's uh it's frustrating. No, that was a lot of game left. So um it's just it, it's frustrating. i put it like that.
5: Well, I, the unpredictability of this college football season, by the way, we're brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. We talk a lot of lines here because this is Jeff's expertise, among other things. And, for instance, this UCLA-Oregon game, I believe Oregon opened as a three-point favorite. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they're a two-point dog, and then by kickoff, it's a pick game. How about this? You got Oklahoma State, top ten team in the country as a seven point dog on the road against Iowa State. They were the seven point, I think this I heard some stat. This is the first time in years that a yeah. ten uh, top 10 team is an underdog of that size to an unranked team. Yeah. And by the way, Oklahoma State has taken an early 7-0 lead in this game against Iowa State. But that just illustrates again how the rankings, the numbers, uh, I mean, we could talk about the NFL all day long in terms of this, but really unique this year for college football. I mean, we're halfway through the season. And still, we really have a hard read outside of Georgia's defense on who is really outstanding and maybe who's not so good this year.
6: When the proponents of the College playoff say, um, you know, that there is we're expanding to twelve because. That, you know, that, that just kind of gives us more competition, okay? And my whole argument has always been like, nah, not really. Like, the top teams are going to win because they're the top teams. And in a, a format where you have to win three or four games to win a championship, those top teams are going to win. And I, I think upsets will be very few and far between. But, Steve, if we had it this season... Mm there would be chaos in the playoffs yeah. this year. Oh. Like, this would be... And this happens once every 10 years. I mean, 2007 was the last year, I think, where we had chaos like this. I mean, I, that was the year that I was in Oregon. We were two in the country, and... You know, we had we had multiple quarterbacks. We got shut out by the Bruins, 16-0 um, uh, late in, in the year November because we were on our fourth and fifth string quarterback. I right, mean, it just, it was a weird... South Florida that year was number two. So it was Kansas at one point. Um, it was an odd year. Well, and, I remember
5: West Virginia got into their last yeah. game
6: against Pitt with and a chance to, you know... Pitt beat them 13-9 in the backyard brawl. Um, so, yeah, th- that's the way it's kind of been in, in, in that season, I should say. And now it feels like we have it this year. But I feel like... Even that year, if you look at the – it was LSU and, and Ohio State in the championship game, in the BCA championship game. And Ohio State was not – if you look at their roster, not like they were with Urban Meyer, uh, even now with Ryan Day. And LSU's roster was okay. It's not like it is or was in 2019. That, now that roster was incredible. But those teams weren't as powerful, in my opinion, as as like – as Georgia as It could possibly be, right? Like we at least have one team this year that feels like they have – um, you know uh, they're like sort of a power. Like it's going to be hard to score on that on that team.
5: It'll be very hard to score on that team. By the way, to illustrate how upside down this whole college football season is and has been. Coming up at the bottom of the arm, we're going to do my Heisman update. And the three guys I'm throwing out there, none of them I've mentioned before this season. Not one of them. But I feel like I just got to start throwing some names out there. I'm not saying they necessarily are my current one, two, threes. But it is conceivable that one or more of these guys could end up in a seat in New York uh, the way the rest of their seasons go. So that's going to be coming up at the bottom of the hour. All right, so we're just getting started here. It is a big day in college football. We got so many dynamic games going on right now. How about LSU on the road against Ole Miss? Ed Orgeron has already been fired, although for some reason he's going to be retained for the rest of the year. We'll get into that situation. Clemson, unranked. Clemson, unranked, try to get him track on the road against Pitt. This eight-overtime game that is going on right now. That's where we are, Illinois and Penn State. They can't convert a two-point conversion. So we are now technically into our eighth overtime. Just gives you a taste. Keep it right here. Much more Fox Football Saturday coming up next.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it, you listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
7: Quick snap,
1: and it'll be a quick pass over the middle and caught touchdown UCLA. Kazmier Allen right on the C in UCLA. The Bruins are rolling Oregon.
5: That's my buddy Josh Lewin there, voice of the Bruins from Learfield. And UCLA leading Oregon. a score 14 nothing coming to the end of the first quarter there. It's a little weird for you, Jeff, because you're you're raised by Bruins, your parents. Yeah, and you know, and uh, here I am, a Bruin, and you wanted to be a Bruin, or at least you had interest in being a Bruin. You're an Oregon Duck, proud Duck, part of their legacy, the great Oregon legacy that we've seen over the last oh, I don't know, 15 years or so, and uh, but not, it's not going so well today.
6: No, uh, it's not. And I just, you know, we're now down our third third string center, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not, it's not, you know, uh, part of it, I, I go back to this a lot often with it comes to you know, your team. So we'll, let's go to the NFL for a second, okay? Sure. So we have, uh, we have the Browns and, and Baker Mayfield. Yes. And a lot of injuries on that team, right? And we saw against uh, the Cardinals, right? A lot of injuries. Okay. Yeah. yeah everyone's hurt. I get it. But we saw no juice, right? Like n- nothing extra from him in that game with all these injuries. I know your tackles are out. I get it. But guess what? The Cardinals had their center out. Cardinals didn't even have their coach there, right? And they smoked the Browns. Just no juice from, from the Browns. Look at the Ravens. Most players in the NFL on injury reserve. 16 guys in injured reserve. And who do they have at quarterback? Lamar Jackson, who has, uh, he has as many total yards a season as half the NFL teams have total yards for their entire t- offense. And so you have one guy in Lamar Jackson bringing a bunch of juice for the team, right? He's the MVP, in my opinion, right now, considering all the injuries. And, I, and I'm not sure that it's going to last for them with this many injuries for 17, eight, really 18 weeks now. We'll see. But right now, they're playing good football. And I look at Oregon, and we have a quarterback who they keep saying in leadership and blah, blah, blah. And he just brings no juice, man. It just there's no juice with him. There's nothing that that he does, and he look you know, he has played well at the end of games, but like right now, man, like he's not a guy who you're like, you know what? We're down fourteen nothing. We're gonna go down the field and march down, and we're just gonna we're gonna. Go. Anthony Brown's elite. I'm like t- I'm terrified every time we throw the football. I, so like that, like we don't and we don't have anyone really that they trust to fill in right now. So the the juice for me um, comes from quarterback position. And it's just not there at Oregon right now. No Everything juice. else is fine. Well, we have injuries, which is everyone has injuries, right? Our safety and third, three linebackers, two centers, a uh, running back. I mean, I, I get it, right? But we have guys to fill in. We're, we're uh, we recruited a high level, um, but there's just no juice in the quarterback spot, and that's what kind of moves teams in times of of desperation. Is how your quarterback plays. We saw today with Caleb Williams. At Oklahoma, you know, really bad first half, right? They had zero points at Kansas in the first half. Comes out in the second half... Plays better. true freshman, right? He's working through some things. And then he makes the play of the game where if you missed it, it was a fourth down. And they handed the ball off. And the running back got stuffed. And then um, Caleb Williams took the ball from the running back behind the line of scrimmage. Took it from him as he's being tackled. And jumped forward for a first down. Like, those are the special plays that are made by special players. And... When you don't have that, I'm not just talking about Oregon, but you the know, Browns you will talk about or any other college team where you, where you have a good roster but not the quarterback, then that, that extra juice you need when you're not playing well or when you're kind of dead. I mean, it feels like the Ducks are kind of dead right now. You don't get that from your quarterback. It has to come from that position. And Oregon, whatever other team you want to insert, any other team there doesn't have it right now.
5: Well, here's a here's problem for Oregon in this game. First quarter, five yards rushing. Uh, zero running game. Zero. Seven carries, five yards. UCLA dominating that game. By the way, we finally got a, a final, a record nine overtimes it took. And there's an asterisk with that nine overtimes. Two, not Illinois. Three, not four. Has shut uh shut down and defeated uh Penn State by a score of twenty to eighteen. I say an asterisk with these nine overtimes because the overtime rule has changed dramatically over the last couple of years. So in the first two overtimes, both teams exchange field goals. You get to the third overtime, and then you are attempting two-point plays. Yeah. And it wasn't until the eighth overtime that somebody actually made one. And then it was matched by uh, Penn State. And then Illinois ends up getting another two-point conversion in the ninth overtime. And they end up winning this game over Penn State by a score of 20-18. to And it's not just the fact that Penn State lost this game in nine overtimes. But we're talking about a Penn State team that only put up 127 total yards in this game and gave up 357 yards rushing to Illinois, a 2-5 and team. Brett Bielema was in all his glory today, just pounding the ball like a throwback to his old Wisconsin days. So here's another team, Penn State. Just a couple weeks ago, we were saying, is Penn State the best team in the Big Ten? They looked awful today.
6: And 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 we saw too that Brett Bielema called out his offensive line on social media. Well, on uh, not on social media, but in um, in interviews. And you know, and then he kind of got blasted for it or whatnot. So like, like I I appreciate that the effort from from that unit after today.
5: Yeah, I mean, so th- this is what we're seeing across the board. How about LSU? Let's talk about this, right? Ed Orgeron was fired, and now we actually know. Prior to their upset win against Florida last week, it already been decided he was out. That they were already in negotiations for him to leave LSU and he would be gone by season's end. And he will be retained through the bowl game. Well, right now, LSU is winning on the road against number 12 Ole Miss. And they're doing a pretty good job right now. Matt Corral, the celebrated Ole Miss quarterback, uh, has just 32 yards passing in the first quarter. He's run for negative two yards. This is the guy that had 195 yards rushing last week. So they're not doing anything. I mean, what <laughs> – What do you think was the real story? I know there was some off-field stuff that they were really upset about with Ed Orgeron. A couple of years ago, this guy could have run for governor of Louisiana and probably won. That's how popular this guy was. But how awkward this could be for LSU. What if they went out? I mean, what if LSU just gets on some
8: unbelievable
5: roll right now? They're at Alabama. Can you imagine if they were to pull an upset like that? And then you're like, we're getting rid of this guy?
6: Yeah. So a couple things are pretty interesting about this. You know, obviously there were lots of whispers or straight out you know, being told what was happening because um when as soon as he was let go or announced, you know, separation, that the stories were ready to go, right? And the salacious details were there. And they're obviously told by, I would imagine, people at LSU that were willing to tell these stories about Ed Orgeron. And now the players have refuted some of them and the players have denied some of them and they've had to retract some statements and other stories. And it, it feels... Like the athletic director, Scott Woodward, just kind of doesn't like an Ordron, And we've seen throughout Scott Woodward's tenure, whether at Washington he hired Chris Peterson or at a he hired Jimbo Fisher. You know, he kind of goes for the big dogs. And Ordron's not a big dog, right? He, he fits LSU perfectly. But he's not a he's not a Jimbo Fisher, right? He's not a James Franklin. He's not a Dabo Sweeney. I mean, all the names we're, we're hearing thrown out for this job. Um, he's not any of those guys. He is unique for I think LSU, and he obviously won a championship. Now the team has underperformed. There's no doubt about that. I'm not defending. The way the team has played is not played as well as it should. Um, but this happened very quickly. And last year, obviously, was a COVID year. So you figure, OK, let's see what happens this season. And look, it has not been The hires have not been good. Um, they haven't played up to the standard. I get all that. But it does feel like a very quick dismissal, to your point, especially if LSU beats Ole Miss. Now I don't think they go to Bama and beat Bama in in Tuscaloosa, but they can beat AM at home in week in week twelve in the last game of the year, and they can finish with eight wins or nine wins with a good bowl game. So, yeah, it feels it does feel premature, but it does feel like the coach, excuse me, the athletic director, just kind of wanted him out.
5: I will say this though, that's a good job. When you think about LSU since two thousand, since two thousand, LSU has won at least eight games. Every single season, except last year, which was a shortened year, obviously, because of COVID, turned out to be a 5-5 and season, and each of their last three coaches have won a national championship, Nick Saban, Les Miles, and Ed Orgeron. Of course, Les Miles, after leaving LSU, went to Kansas. He didn't even last two full seasons there before he got fired, and Ed Orgeron really hasn't had any great success outside of his run at LSU, so... Is this an underrated job? Because they haven't really lost any steam over the last 20 years. It seems like whoever they insert is going to be inheriting a pretty good situation.
6: So LSU has won, um, LSU has, uh, won three titles in 18 seasons with three different coaches Right, in the last 18 years. And so it's a much better job than USC. I no, it's agree. T- it's, it's in a much tougher conference. Mm-hmm. Yes, fair enough. But look... The, the reason, there's many reasons why the Pac-12 struggles, Steve. We, we know them. But one reason that it gets talked about out West, but I don't think talked about nationally as much, is that, is that we don't have the bodies to compete in the trenches nationally. Now Oregon does. Uh, Oregon does. Um, and and they you know, they, they, but they've recruited that way, right? They're a top 10 recruiting team and they They don't have guys like inside for that. They have, you know, good defensive ends and Kayvon Thibodeau, good offensive linemen, but it's getting those big D tackles. We've seen George George, right? Jordan Davis, 6'6, 350, right? Guys a monster in there. They don't make those players on the West Coast. Sorry, sorry, guys. They they don't, don't, and they really never have. But there's been times when we've had good defensive linemen. They're gone now, right? So if you're at USC or you're at Oregon, you have to work extra hard to get those bodies in your program because that's the way you can win a championship. You cannot win a championship finessing people. It's never been that way. Chip, Chip, Chip Kelly tried that. And we got close. We got close twice. One with Chip, obviously, and one with Helfrich. It's kind of the same concept. But it came down to it. It came down to playing Ohio State. And it came down to playing Auburn. We played Auburn pretty tough. But again, it was kind of lost in the trenches, right? And so LSU, you have the bodies in your state, in your region, in your footprint. The Pac-12 does it. So if you go to USC, it's harder to get those, those kids to come to your program and build up those trenches, especially in the defense and offensive line. I think USC would be fine, but defensive line wise. And that's why one reason I think LSU is a much better job. You, it's easier to quote unquote win at, at, at a Pac-12 school. For example, like people are saying Mario Cristobal is going to LSU. Ah, I don't think so. It's easier to win at Oregon, right? In the Pac-12 conference, but it's a body Steve. It's as big, like when's the last time we had, I don't follow recruiting this well, but like, A five-star defensive tackle in California.
5: (laughs) Well, first of all, you had the number one high school recruit in California now playing at Oregon, right? I mean, Thibodeau, number one high school recruiter in the country.
6: Ended up at Oregon. So there's – I mean – Right, but he's – and and look, and he is – he's a defensive end. He's doing great. But like today, uh, uh, against the Bruins, like – they're neutralizing him because they're running the football and they're running away from him every play. All right, I, There's I mean, a little
5: could, giddy up in the step of Jeff right now. Oregon geez, has scored, a, you know, a, suddenly what a, what right well, yeah. back in this game. Well, sort
6: of. We, we Sort we, of. We, well, no. We scored. It was reviewed. It was taken back. Then we threw an interception on the next play from the half-yard line that was offsides on, on UCLA. Then we get another play. We scored a touchdown, and the same guy was offsides again. Kind of funny. But we threw an interception from the half-yard line. Anthony Brown's never going to throw the ball again <laughs> The situation. Coach is never going to let that happen again.
5: All right. Uh, right now, Oregon has more total yards in this game. We're not playing
6: bad. The punt was blocked. That was that's a
5: problem. That was that was a problem right there. All right, on the other side, I got three new names to throw out in the Heisman chase. So right now, let's find out what's trending. David Gascon has jumped into the fray. David, how are you, man? I'm, I'm all
8: right. I'm all right. I haven't been here for a couple weeks, so. I know that. Last I mean, time you're... I was here, it was uh, prior to the National League Division Series where the Los Angeles Dodgers dispatched the San Francisco Giants in their own backyard.
5: Well, first of all, Goodbye. we uh, we welcome aboard as our yes. new Saturday producer, the legendary Danny G is here. Oh. And, you know, Danny is a diehard Dodgers fan. Yes. Big time. Yes. Uh, he's also a diehard Raiders fan. Oh, boy. My yeah. apologies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were laughing about it. Scott Shapiro, our, our mentor here. He. Uh he threw it out, Danny G's, on Saturdays. I mocked him for being a Raiders fan. This is from an ex-Raiders employee, of course. Yes. But he he wears it on his sleeve. Right, Danny G? Uh, you don't you don't make any apologies
7: for your allegiance to these teams. No, why would I? There it is. See One there? of the uh, most proud organizations in all of the National Football League. And, you know, I've been to Dodger Stadium with the great Gascon before. We've seen a game together. What is this, David? A long time ago.
8: Like
4: a David
6: ago. Again? <laughs> well, after after tonight, there won't be any games to see this season. So no,
8: no, that's right, yeah. dude. Hey, they, they took care of business uh, a couple weeks ago. So. Yeah, Well, we'll see. It's I
5: got the Bueller on short rest. I, that dead arm of Scherzer doesn't sound good, even if they get to a game seven. Yikes. It,
6: it just couldn't be dead for game five, could it?
5: Yeah.
7: <laughs> Don't worry. David Price is going to limp through the gates.
5: Yeah, It's a, it's a Barry Zito re- moment. They refused to put David Price on the mound. They just refused. Oh, man. It's amazing.
8: Guys, uh, the game's going on right now. You had mentioned with Oregon and UCLA. Bruins lead 14 7. This ballgame starting in the second quarter. On FS1, Washington State and BYU were tied to 7 apiece. piece. Caliver, Colorado, 13 0. Unranked Clemson leading uh, Pitt right now, 7 0 in their own backyard. There's about uh, 7.5 minutes to play in the first half. Pitt's ranked 23rd in the nation. I don't know what's going on in Iowa State right now. They're losing to Oklahoma State 7 0. Brock Purdy is 8 of 9, 82 yards. Uh, No touchdown passes. Jalen Warren, 8 carries for 45 yards for Oklahoma State. And they had that 7-point advantage in that affair. Earlier today, Cincinnati won. Oklahoma came from behind and won. Uh, They beat Kansas. Number 12, Ole Miss, trailing at home to LSU 7-3. Uh, and gentlemen, that is, that is it for now. Of course, Major League Baseball tonight with game number six in Atlanta. Steve, I, uh, I was at least listening to you guys last week. I was in my car in the, yes. middle, of, in the middle of traffic. Mm-hmm. And the luxury that I have was when you're in traffic here in Los Angeles, is it is it's not stop and go. It's like stop and then slowly roll. Right. So when Iowa got pummeled last week, I was in the middle of the 405 freeway, just dancing in the middle of the street. It was awesome. Wow! It's just bad football in the Big Ten conference. You are fake news. Led by the Hawkeyes, <laughs> <laughs> That conference you can't spell well, suck without the Big Ten.
5: I, uh, I I like how you're also making uh, Oklahoma State's seven nothing lead sound like it's seventy to nothing over Iowa Their State. Their defense right is now. good,
6: man. Their defense <laughs> yeah. is good. It's hard to score on them.
8: Yeah.
5: So, uh, ball
6: in
8: sand. the red zone
9: though, Iowa State. And there's
8: does. two reasons to watch Big Ten football: Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker
9: wow Brace Hall plays in the big 12 or big 12 big 12, I'm sorry. Big, 12 yeah. big 12 yes uh all
8: right well thank
5: but you very much Dave Steve, yes. we
8: need we need a game seven. Well,
5: we it's, sure going t- it's going to be it's it's going going to be tough, but not impossible. The, the Braves, television ratings. The Braves hated. have been notorious chokers over the years in big games. Have they not? Yes. Uh,
8: well, going in back fact, to their Bobby the last, Cox days. Last year, the series against the Dodgers, it followed the same wavelength. Yes, it did. Dodgers lost three the games first two. To one. Yeah. LA won game three. So. yeah.
5: But the Dodgers pitching was a little healthier. Plus, those were all neutral games in the state of Texas. That's they're true. going back to Atlanta. The chop's going to be going on. Yep. And they're going to have an exhausted. Hold on. Iowa
9: Sam wants to uh, jump in there. I, just real quick. I just want to say, wasn't the shoe on the other foot for Iowa State? I mean at the beginning of the year, oh Iowa boy. State was the number eight or number seven team. They were. So that's, oh, that's why right. they're favorite at home. It's because they are the yeah, b- big biggest favorites like I said. Uh,
5: this is the again, the first time in decades that a team ranked in the top ten. Yeah. Is because Iowa State down underdog I, to an unranked
6: team. I think part of look part of it is, is this simple, is simple. Oklahoma State's offense is extremely painful, right? Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> if, oh, you like think to your, if you think to yourself, like yeah. okay, you know, can, can they score enough points? Like, you know, just say that Oklahoma State's defense plays well today, they, and they allow seventeen to twenty points. Like, is Oklahoma State going to score that many against this this Iowa State defense on the road? Like, that's part of it. Second road game, back to back road games. I I kind of get why this number is what it is. All right. It is that time.
1: It's the Heisman Update. 10-5 touchdown. Heisman Update.
5: Now, Jeff, I have been doing this for over a decade, this weekly update on where I stand currently in the Heisman chase. I'm doing something today I have never done before. Because in my opinion, as a Heisman voter, this race is wide open. So I'm going to introduce three names today that have not appeared on my top three list the entire season. And yet any one of these guys ultimately could end up with the heavy hardware. So here is this current number three. It is a handoff to Brooks.
4: No, it's a play action. Pass to the end zone. A dart. Touchdown. Caleb Williams to Jaden Hazelwood. Off the play action. Second touchdown tonight for Hazelwood.
5: All right, Toby Rowland from Learfield. Now, before today's game, uh, in two starts, essentially, well, a relief appearance and a start, he was completing 68% of his passes, six touchdowns and no interceptions. And then today... Down, Well, shut out in the first half. Oklahoma rolls up 35 on hapless Kansas in the second half. He now has eight touchdowns, just one pick. Caleb Williams, my current three. Here is my current number
8: two. Pickett wants to throw. This is a deep ball. In stride. It's Addison. Addison.
5: That is courtesy of the ACC Digital Network. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback yeah. at Pitt, who, by the way, leads the nation in total quarterback rating. And, of course, right now he is up against Clemson. Clemson Lee in that game 7 yeah. nothing. This is a guy a lot of people compared to Joe Burrow in terms of the mighty leap that he has had as a senior. Like he's been a pedestrian quarterback. First three years as a starter, pit This year, 21 touchdowns, just one interception going in. All right, those guys are really good. This guy is a little bit better. Hartman wants to throw, and he wants to throw deep for (laughs) A.T. Perry. Catch in stride at the 25-20. Makes a move at the 15. Darts to the left. What
4: a move! Oh, man! Five! Give it to him! Touchdown, A.T. Perry! Heavenly mercy! What a play! Stan Cotton
5: from Learfield, you heard the name. Hartman. As in Sam Hartman, quarterback of the undefeated Wake Forest team. Now, this was before today. Today, listen to these numbers that Sam Hartman had against Army. 23 of 29, 458 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks. He also ran for a touchdown in their 70-56 to 56 shootout against Army. So there he is, Sam Hartman. A guy that uh, with an undefeated Wake Forest team should be in the conversation. So what do you think of these three guys? And I put them in order. Well, a a little favoritism to the Hartman guy. But, I mean, Caleb Williams, Kenny Pickett, Sam Hartman. Three names I haven't mentioned all season long. But if things go their way, who knows? Maybe one of these guys ends up with the Heisman Trophy.
6: Well, there's a lot of hype on Kenny Pickett right now. 21 touchdowns um, and one interception mm-hmm. um, for the season. He's, he's nine of sixteen today uh, for, for 89 yards. Um, and you know, obviously, a really good defense in Clemson. And a lot of people picked Pittsburgh to win. So um, I'm hoping that uh, that he continues to play well. I mean, he'd be, you know, we're kind of waiting to see who the number one, um, you know, the number one, uh, you know, quarterback kind of emerges from this class. And obviously, uh, th- maybe it's Pickett.
1: Well.
5: Again, I've explained this whole dynamic, and I know you're in lockstep with me on this. Jeff, ultimately, when I review all the candidates, when all the games have been played, and the Heisman votes are in after the conference championship games, before the bowl games, but after the conference championship games, when all the uh, votes come in, so you've seen the whole season, um, save the bowl games, obviously, uh, I'll look back at every one of these candidates, and I'll look back to their key game. Yeah. And that's why I say this, I would almost bet the bank that this is going to come down to that last weekend. There's not going to be anybody that, to me, has cleared themselves of everyone else. Look, Bryce Young, obviously, very much in the mix. Matt Carell, those two guys are the co-betting favorites at this point. But even Coastal Carolina lost this week. You know, there was another team that was undefeated. We're down to 10 undefeated teams, by the way, out of 130 uh, uh FBS F- 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 schools right now, so I it's it's why which I love, and I'm just going to be waiting for some of these big games down the stretch and see how they fare. What if Wake Forest goes undefeated this season? What if they win the ACC championship and yeah. they have an undefeated season?
6: That would be wild, but certainly you know certainly possible. Why
5: not? I mean, yeah. an off year for Clemson right now. Uh, you look at that ACC. There there's so many dynamics going on right now around the college football season uh, that really defy explanation, that we're just going to have to play it out and see how it all plays out. All right, on the other side, I uh, want to get to uh, Jenny Taft. That's right. Jenny Taft was at that Northwestern Michigan game. By the way, another dominating victory for the Wolverines. Is this the year? Is this the year, finally, for Jim Harbaugh that he takes Michigan all the way to the playoff, a Big Ten championship? We're going to check in with Jenny Taft. She was on the sidelines today. Coming up next.
4: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is
7: Heskins breaks it up over the middle to the five.
4: He powers his way over a tackler at the two. He's in. Hassan Heskins, touchdown, Michigan.
5: That was Jim Branstad right there from Learfield, Michigan. A dominating victory today against Northwestern. She was on the sidelines, as she is seemingly at every major, major game in college football. Join us right now, host of Undisputed Fox College Football. Sideline reporter Jenny Taft is back with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jenny, it's always great to check in with you. I guess we've been asking this question for, oh, I don't know, five or six years right now. Is is Jim Harbaugh (laughs) ever going to turn the corner and actually make Michigan football what everyone expected him to make uh, Michigan football once he arrived? Are, Are we there yet with Michigan football, Jenny?
10: Well, first of all, guys, it's great to catch up. And yeah, I guess we're going to jump in with the million-dollar question right away, right? I mean, I have I have been fooled by Michigan before, and I, I will be honest about that. But I am I am truly starting to buy in. And that is simply because there is something different about this team this year. And Coach Harbaugh mentioned it in my post-game interview. It's because of that senior leadership. It's guys like Aiden Hutchinson. It's guys like Brad Hawkins, these players that came back. They were frustrated. I mean, they were embarrassed by last year. And yeah, COVID was a challenge for so many different programs, but they were really disappointed in the season last year. And they have all emphasized to me that this change, it didn't happen week one. This was a change that they instilled in January. uh, This this will to work harder, to push themselves harder. I know it stems from that senior leadership and coach Harbaugh even kind of pointed out to us yesterday. And by the way, he was in the best mood he has ever been in one of our meetings. We talked to him for about an hour yesterday, reminiscing from his playing days. So trust me, he was in a good mood, but he said, I've only ever restarted one drill at practice this season, like the focus of this group. And to me, that was really telling just how, how, focused the team is and I mean they're 7-0 they're rolling we know it's a big test against Michigan State next week but right now guys I'm feeling really good about what I'm seeing from Michigan but the million dollar question also has that side note you got to beat Ohio State and we know that one of course will be coming up in just a couple weeks Though,
6: Does it feel like there's a little bit of apprehension because the quarterback play is still not Elite, right? k Mayor was 20 of 27 today. You'd be like, oh, wow, good good day for 129 yards passing, right? Like, it's not – they're kind of not – you know, the passing game is still not quite – he's supposed to be a quarterback guru. Is that part of the holdup? Is this kind of like, uh, I just don't trust the quarterback position from him yet?
10: Well, that is a great point, and that is a question that I've had, and so much so that we were talking to the coaches about it. And they've kept those decisions really close to the chest, almost surprisingly to me. I mean, obviously, they're getting J.J. McCarthy involved. They will talk to us about his athleticism. They're just really excited about his potential. We know he comes in as a highly recruited five-star guy. There's a lot of promise, right? And Cade is doing just enough. And I don't want to say it like he's playing poorly because he's getting it done. But I think the other question mark that you have to ask has to do with the receivers because this is a team that lost Ronnie Bell early in the year. And, you know, that's a big name to lose. And we are seeing dominance from their run game. Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum. 294 yards rushing today as a whole. They both had two touchdowns. Those guys are getting it done, but as a receiving group, I just don't know if we have figured out who that guy is. Cornelius Johnson has had some moments. Dalen Baldwin. I mean, Eric, actually, Eric All today, the tight end, I believe had the most receiving yards on the team, but we're not sure who that go-to guy is, and that all depends on the quarterback as well. So that does remain my biggest question. I believe in the defense, what they're doing, and right now, I mean, it's working to run the ball, so they're going to keep running the football. But at some point, when you go up against more challenging defenses to figure out a way to stop the run, that's where my questions remain.
5: Well, they haven't played a team yet ranked going into the game. They will next week. I mean, this is what a matchup. you got Michigan at Michigan State. Both teams are 7-0. and Both teams are 4-0 and in conference play. Both teams obviously ranked in the top ten. How much of his mind is set on that? And just from a Michigan standpoint, I mean, a win, obviously, is a big thing for them as they try to progress, but against their rival, Michigan State, because he hasn't just struggled against Ohio State, he's also struggled against Michigan State. So, Jenny, I mean, just just how big is this game for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines? Oh, I
10: think it's huge. It's a huge game and it's one that we are so, so excited to, to be at. I mean, East Lansing is going to be rocking next week, and you know, I think it's funny when coaches kind of downplay big games, but Coach Harbaugh said, no, it'll be the Super Bowl for us. Like, this is a state divided. It will be a huge deal. This one just feels differently. Of course, of course, Coach Harbaugh experienced it for himself. And you brought up last year, and I think it's important to note that losing to Michigan State last year did sting. And that's one of the games that Aiden Hutchinson, who I've been catching up with throughout the season, harped back on as just one of those losses that really hurt this group so i know that michigan is fired up about this one you mentioned michigan and who they've gone up against michigan state as well they haven't you know they haven't played necessarily that much great competition they've beat northwestern youngstown state miami nebraska western kentucky Rutgers, indiana so they really haven't been tested until this big one against Michigan, and, you know, they have a great running back in Kenneth Walker as well. So I anticipate a battle in the trenches, typical Big Ten football. I mean, it's the latest these two teams have faced each other, and you mentioned top ten matchup, I think, first since 1964. Mm. Like, this is a storybook game, and we're just so thrilled to be calling it. And, like, I wish I could just honestly go to East Lansing right now and and (laughs) go. Like, I don't want to go back to L.A. and have to wait a week.
5: All right. All right, I tell you what, Jenny, we're up against it. But uh, like you said, we cannot wait for this game next week. As always, we appreciate you jumping in and and helping us out to get a better understanding about Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. (laughs) Uh, Jenny, we appreciate it. Thanks so much.
10: Of course. The questions remain, but right now I'm feeling good about Michigan. Thanks, guys.
5: All right. She's on the record there. Host, of course, of Undisputed, Fox College football sideline reporter Jenny Teff, all in on Michigan. We have much more on that game coming up. By the way, uh, Oregon has scored again. So just when uh, we had Jeff throwing the towel about his miserable Oregon quarterback, Anthony Brown, who, by the way, now is 15-22, 167 yards passing. UCLA only has 56 yards passing in this game, and yet you wanted to downplay your quarterback? Is that right? When
6: he when he has rhythm, when he plants his foot, throws the ball on his first read, great. And he's just punch soft zone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. no chance to make a play. All
5: right, we got much more on the college football scene, and we are going to take a sneak peek as Sunday around the National Football League. Just keep it right here on Fox Football Saturday.
4: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
11: If you dare.
4: Sanders takes the ball. He's back to pass. He steps up into the pocket. He has all day. Throws it deep down the far side toward the end zone. The pass is caught by Brennan Presley in the end zone. Pistols firing. Touchdown, Oklahoma State. Brennan Presley double
1: covered. It didn't matter. The second TD of the
5: day. That is Dave Hunsinger there from Learfield. Oklahoma State retakes the lead, 14-7, on the road against favored... Iowa State, just a few seconds left in that first half. In fact, they're running off the field right now. So halftime score, Oklahoma State, number eight in the country, undefeated, but a touchdown underdog on the road against Iowa State. And they are leading the Cyclones 14-7. to We've got some very interesting games going on right now, including UCLA and Oregon. we got two and a half minutes to go in the half there. And UCLA jumped out to a 14-0 lead on the number 10 team in the country, UCLA coming in unranked and Oregon came back with 14 straight. Uh, not happy, Jeff Schwartz, at all. Despite uh, the being even in the
6: game. There you go. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just like I said at the beginning of the show. Our quarterback just pains me. So it's. Uh, <laughs> I also made the observation too. I mean, I know this team very well. I mean, Oregon's offensive line right now has three starters from the, the first game in there, but they're three different positions. The entire offensive line today is five guys at new positions from the opening day lineup, which is pretty impressive, right? I mean, they're moving. They've almost two hundred yards. Brown's been pretty much upright unless it 's been a pressure uh, you know a free runner or a guy on the running back, and they 're moving the ball down the field again you know Brown a quarterback when when things are in rhythm right when he 's able to step on his plan his back foot and throw the one guy it 's open I, I don't know if you' noticed today Steve um, uCLA brings a lot of pressure on defense right we 've talked about this I think before, maybe me and you have uh, offline. And it's how they lost to Fresno. It's how they lost Arizona state. Um, It's how they beat LSU. The LSU wasn't ready for the pressure. Johnson didn't play very well against it today. They're not. They're sitting back in zone partly because Oregon does have good weapons. And if they get one-on-one coverage and Brown is actually not, he's worse against zone than man. So they're sitting back in zone and Brown's finding the right guys, you know, or or OC's back today, which is nice to have him back. Um, And, um, I mean, we're you know we get the ball for the half, so we can get force a punt here, drive down the field. We, we got a good chance.
5: All right, one one of the things that I love about college football why it ranks number one with all the sports I have uh, followed over my lifetime is the tradition, the history of college football. It's regional. Uh, it, 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 there's nothing like college football history to me. There's just not. The uh, baseball has great history. Uh, boxing has great history going all the way back to be college football is number one, but some of the traditions are evaporating quickly. Let me give you an example. USC's playing Notre Dame today. Is anybody talking about USC Notre Dame? I mean, we're, we're talking about one of the greatest rivalries in the history of college football. One of the greatest rivalries in the history of sports, USC Notre Dame, going back to the 1920s. So Newt Rockney at Notre Dame called his old buddy Howard Jones at USC and said, how about a little back and forth? And Notre Dame was doing this to try to increase their national profile and get out on the West Coast. And it's a rivalry that has seen 14 Heisman Trophy winners. And, yes, I still count Reggie Bush as a Heisman Trophy winner. All the tradition, great games and everything else. And yet on today's schedule, it's barely a blip. And now we're looking at the constant turnover of the conference alignments. And if you haven't been following this, the domino effect has been crazy ever since it was announced that Oklahoma and Texas would bolt from the Big 12 to go to the SEC. Immediately, the Big 12, desperate, they were down to eight schools announced that BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida are going to jump into the Big 12 as of 2023. Well, three of those teams came out of the AAC. So the AAC announced that they were going to pilfer six teams out of Conference USA to jump into their conference. And it's just this constant domino effect. I know the Mountain West Conference, which, by the way, has essentially owned the Pac-12. I mean, their record against the Pac-12 has been unbelievable this year. They're, at least for now, standing pat. So I want to get your thought here, Jeff. Where are we going with all this? I mean, we've we've talked about this in bits and pieces where there's like this war against the SEC, this monolith in college football, and we heard the the Big 10 and the Pac-12 and the and the Big 12 sort of joining forces, even the ACC uh, against the SEC. But how How much danger is there potentially here for college football with all this realignment of conferences where they lose some of the traditional rivalries that really made college football what it is today?
6: So not only that, Steve. Uh, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and UAB are going to the American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of teams are going to the Sun Belt. I think like Old Dominion and yep. James Madison and um, uh, uh, UA, it's UAB. It's a domino sort of, effect. You like, lose teams that got put yeah. in, yeah. So they're all they're all kind of just you know moving around and and whatnot. Um, I think the rivalries have. Pretty much are going to stay right for you know, the big rivals. Oklahoma, Texas is just going to SEC. They're play every year, right? Um, but this is what realignment was always going to do, and maybe this was happening sooner than we thought it would. But when this first happened ten years ago, I think the thought was, okay, well, maybe this will get into something bigger, and eventually it now has. And I think and you have said this, and plenty of people have at least some combination of this. We're just going to have like one tier of quote unquote proish teams, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have a tier of Everyone else. I mean, that's where I think this feels like it will eventually head.
5: Yeah. And then we had, out of nowhere, Bob Huggins, 900 wins Bob Huggins at West Virginia, saying that college basketball needs to follow the path of college football and cut off the small schools, cut them off, and just have a tournament at the end of the year that only features power schools. I don't know if Bob Huggins realizes that. <laughs> if they do that the college basketball, college basketball is dead. Without the NCAA basketball tournament, which is for the majority of people out there, I'm not talking about if you have a diehard allegiance to a certain school. I'm just talking about the general fan out there that shows any interest in college basketball. The only interest is March Madness, and it's about the Cinderella's, and it's about that opening weekend of the college basketball tournament and filling out brackets. If you were to eliminate that college basketball would be dead, at least as the power that is right now still. But this is about money, 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 money. I mean, Bob Huggins brought it up. Why should we be splitting the pie with some of these Cinderella schools that have gyms that hold a 1,000 fans when we got 20,000 fans? Why should we split any of the pie with these schools? The greed knows no end. And college football is the same way because eventually – These group of five schools scrambling for their lives to somehow stay alive because at some point they're going to be locked out. They're going to be completely shut out of this. And there's going to be a select few schools in these power conferences. They're going to have all the money. And I really don't know what to tell the San Diego states, the Fresno states, the the Mac schools, uh, Conference USA, some of the AAC schools. Good luck because if you don't make the cut, money's going to dry up
6: yeah it does feel inevitable right steve that we're going that direction um where it's the big dogs and little dogs and luckily i'm you know i'm a fan of a big dog so i'm i'm less concerned about it from a personal angle it's the far team i root for but i could see definitely for other schools it being and you and, and look and, and you're really right about about march madness right i mean the the there's two things one is that We love opening weekend because of the upsets. But we also love the Blue Bloods playing each other in the final four sure. right like we we love both of those things people I think often get mistake mistake and say hey we love you know we love um, you know George Mason in the final four I mean we sort of do but the ratings show that when Duke and Kentucky play in the final four and North Carolina do, like those just better ratings right people care about those games mm-hmm. more um, and so that is is kind of I, I think two different things so I, I, I love the opening tournament like I it's, uh, it's so much fun um, hmm. it's so hectic I Obviously, I gamble a lot of the games. It's just uh, I've been to the Westgate like for the entire first weekend. I mean, it is, dude. It's so much fun. And, Vegas and, and, and losing that. Vegas. Have
5: you never been to Vegas? Uh, like that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I Sunday. All four. I did all four Sixteen games days, Steve. on Thursday. Sixteen Whew. games on Friday. Eight on Saturday. Eight on Sunday. It's craziness.
6: It's it's so intense. So the Westgate's obviously kind of like the place to be. Yeah. And it is so intense. Like, you're there and you don't know <laughs> where to look and what to do. Uh, and that was the year. There weren't many upsets the year I went. But yeah. I remember that UCF with Taco Fall yes. almost beat Duke. Mm-hmm. And the sports book was pretty crazy because every obviously you know, a lot of people were rooting against Duke. Um, But trying to get your bearings and what, what's happening. I remember dude, the guy next to me in the entire weekend, he must have had like 45 Red Bull vodkas. <laughs> Did they just call an illegal an illegal thing on Oregon on this play?
5: They did indeed. UCLA is marching down the field right now and something up against Oregon. All right, a little regroup on the other side. I do want to get into a little NFL talk a little bit early on today. We are monitoring a lot of big games right now. Oregon UCLA are tied. Pitt leading Clemson at the half 14-7. Clemson has no Offense. What has happened to their offense? Ole Miss has come back to lead at halftime against LSU, 17 to seven. We talked about halftime. Oklahoma State leading at Iowa State, 14 to seven. We'll continue on. Take a sneak peek at some of the big games around the NFL as we roll on. This is Fox
4: Football Saturday. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
7: Pickett gets the snap. He's back. Throws it long down the field. There's a man open.
4: Touchdown, Panthers! Chase Mack on the dead run behind the coverage of Barrett Carter.
5: That is the Pitt Panther Radio Network. So, you heard it, Kenny Pickett, their much-celebrated quarterback of the Pitt Panthers, leading Clemson 14-7 at halftime. Clemson has just no offense. I mean, no offense here. Uh, Meanwhile, UCLA survived what could have been a disaster as Thibodeau. Just blew up. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the UCLA quarterback, he fumbled the ball. UCLA was fortunate to recover the ball. They did get a field goal right before the half. So UCLA leading Oregon 17-14 half tonight. As a former offensive lineman, when you see Kayvon Thibodeau uh, do his thing when he's 100% healthy, uh, I, 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 I saw him. This is an impressive kid. I mean, in every way. Um I, I just how good is this guy going to be at the NFL level uh, if he stays healthy?
6: Uh, he's he's going to be great. Um, and, uh, who, dude, do you feel like – do you watch your team still? You've watched Bruins long and I've watched Oregon. Do you still get, like, that rush of watching them play or not anymore? Oh, I do.
5: Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll go into a game maybe not thinking that, but no. I mean, it's my school. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this, though. To me, right now at this point, and I am forty years—literally, I graduated forty years ago. I mean, think about that: forty, longer than you've been alive. Forty years ago, I graduated from UCLA. Um, the the, all, the hardest thing for me is the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, I mean, I will watch a UCLA NCAA tournament basketball game, and whoever they're playing hits the first shot of the game; it's two nothing. I'm like, ah.
6: <laughs> I, ah!
5: you, I, I mean I I'm, I'm, I'm like, literally I'm going basket by bat can you imagine what I went through this past season with you oh, I the, mean the all those game. tournament Ooh. games were just incredible games oh, I'm yeah. dying with every shot and ironically that that half court yeah. shot I had a very calmness about that like my whole attitude was if you if, if that's if that's how this ends what am I going to do I mean I I didn't even react to it. I'm like watching it live. Yeah, because like, it was
6: so it was so good. You're like it
5: was just like you're like what am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? Um,
6: so um, you know, with with, with Kevon Thibodeau, like it's just you know he he was on a tight end um, on that that strip sack, and that I would love for you so to continue doing that. They've actually dropped him a bunch. of They have not had him rush the passer a lot today. Uh, what's end up What's end up happening is they're getting a lot of free guys because the, the offensive line. And protection is always kind of shading to Kayvon. He's that good. Um, he had eleven pressures last week in in the second half of a football game, in one second half, in a college game. It's hard to do that, right? In with how spread offenses are. So um, you know, he is he's the real deal. And and he he's not as refined as like a Chase Young or or when any of the Bosa's coming out, but he has the the work ethic and the effort. He he plays so hard, especially on run plays, um, that – he will have lasting power in the NFL for a long time. And, and right now, you know, Kenny Pickett, obviously, we just talked about him as having a great a great day. Um, you know, if, if your team is at the top of the draft and not needing a quarterback, the, you know, Jacksonville, the Jets, someone like that, the Lions, I, I think they would take a quarterback. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau is your guy. I mean, he's that he's that physically talented. People will say he's clowny. I don't see I don't see clowny. I see uh, more refined Quicker, more quick twitch. He's really fast off the ball. Um, and so we'll see how the second half goes. We're, we're better. We, we, we need to win this game. It's it, it needs to happen.
5: All right, week seven of the NFL is already underway. It started Thursday night with a really interesting game between the Browns and the Broncos. The Browns were not only without Baker Mayfield, they were without Hunt, they were without Chubb, they were out offensive tackles, and yet somehow they found a way to win A game against uh, Vic Fangio's Broncos team. I say Vic Fangio because he's not long for uh, this uh, career with the Broncos. If they continue to lose, that's four straight. But I wanted to mention this with Baker Mayfield and contract time. Uh, You know, he get to that point. Like the Ravens right now, I think they're pretty clear on their future with Lamar Jackson. I don't think there's any doubters out there. But the problem with Baker Mayfield is just staying healthy. And the fact is, the Browns did survive. I know it was the Broncos, not exactly a a scintillating performance. By the way, I actually got this game right. I had the line down a game, point and a half, point and a half. By the time I made this, I had the Browns covering the point and a half uh, to the under. That was a double winner for me. That was a nice whammy. The over under was a low forty one, uh, but you see D. Ernest Johnson out there. But I want to get your thoughts on on how this is going to play out with ba- Baker Mayfield and the Browns.
6: Yeah, so you know, obviously entering this year, there's a lot of talk about extension, fourth year, right? Josh Allen got paid, uh, Lamar will get paid, and uh, talk about Baker getting paid. Um, it's her fourth year, right? Mm-hmm. or fifth year fifth. fourth year it's a fourth year yes yeah um so he has the he has the, the fifth year option next year but of course if he's your guy you want to pay him because you want to you want to get that money out the way right pay him cheaper now than you would next year the year after that and build your roster around the quarterback or you're not gonna be able to afford all these guys you're just not so wait look at kansas city right you can't afford everyone it's, it's the way it is but here's the problem right is that it's hard to evaluate Baker this year because he's he's been hurt, and part of that's his non-throwing shoulder, his 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 left shoulder got a labeled tear. But even then, he's not been very good, in my opinion. And if you pay him what the going rate is for a quarterback, that will cripple your team. You'll trade right. him within two years.
5: I mean, we're talking between thirty and forty million yeah. a year.
6: And well, I mean, it's, I mean, the going rate's like forty million a year. Right? I know, I mean, like that's the problem. And so, but but the, but the issue is is. Not only does not live up to that, is that now obviously you can't pay maybe two other guys, let's say. And so, do you have a quarterback that makes up the difference? Like, Pam Mahomes makes up the difference of not being able to pay one or two guys, right? He's that good. Baker Mayfield's not that good. He's not good enough to do that. And the Browns are in a really unique spot because I could see, on, on, obviously, Alex Smith has played much longer than Baker, but I could, I could see a situation where the Browns trade up for quarterback on the draft. And this is not the right year for it, probably. Um, last year would have been the year to do so because you just you you can't you have a championship roster. I think you have really good pieces at wide receiver. You have the, the best offensive line in of football. You have running backs. You have pass rushers. You you've addressed your secondary. I mean, you got a good team. You got good coaching staff. And like, what happens if you just decide to get better quarterback? I mean, you, you would it's sky's the limit, right? A cheaper quarterback, but this is the best quarterback the Browns have had in what? their lifetime i mean who, since kozar 40 years ago well
5: it's interesting since they were reinvented again I, th- these are two separate franchises the original cleveland browns became the baltimore ravens so they're not the same then they get an expansion team a couple years later which is the current cleveland browns by the way since and the current cleveland browns since year 1 which was tim couch when they drafted him number 1 overall at kentucky uh case Cannon was the 31st starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns expansion team. 31 different quarterbacks over that time. But the problem with Baker Mayfield, again, I, th- I think I've always liked his leadership qualities. I've always loved that chip on his shoulder that carried him from a two-time walk-on all the way to a Heisman Trophy. And he has had flashes of brilliance, flashes, uh, at the NFL level. But he's got to stay healthy. And and, and, yeah. and if, you, if you don't have a well, – let me ask – switching gears on quarterbacks, yeah. what do, we got trade deadline coming up. And all these wild rumors. You know, John McClain, very respected yeah. uh, NFL yeah. writer. When John yeah. McClain writes something, he's got some pretty good information. Yes. And he just put it out there. You know, Houston Chronicle, that it's going to be done, that the 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 Texans are going to make a deal with Miami – And that uh, that's where Deshaun Watson is going to go, where we thought we were talking about this six months ago, Jeff. We were talking about the possibility before the you know what hit the fan with Deshaun Watson, that ultimately Miami had so many resources in terms of draft picks and everything else that would be very interesting to a franchise like Houston in a total rebuild situation. What do you make of that? And now Tua Tungavailoa they're talking about. He may be heading not to Houston, but it might be a three-way deal where he ends up somewhere else. I mean, is it too soon for Miami to close the door on Tua Tungavailoa? And is that a smart move to gut your draft picks? I mean, we're talking probably still at least three number one picks for Deshaun Watson, who at very best right now... You don't know what his future is. On top of that, he is eligible to play. And if you were Miami and you made the deal, would you immediately put him into the lineup? These are a myriad of questions about the possibility of this trade that could land Deshaun Watson in Miami.
6: Well, first off, Miami does not have a first-round draft pick this season. That goes to uh, the Eagles. Right. A great trade for the Eagles. So if you were to trade for him – you know, the, the the talk was there needs to be a third team involved, right? So let's say you send Tua to the mentioned Washington or Denver, right. and you get back their first round pick, and you flip that first round pick to uh, to Miami. It's a very basketball trade, right? You fight, yeah. you, you fight that uh, to Houston. I mean, but here is you know here is the problem as I continue to see it is you don't know how these investigations will end up, and again, he's he's not in criminal court, right? He he is in civil court. And so tomorrow we might get a notice that all of them have settled and this is done with. And the NFL obviously does their own investigation, but they feel like they're not doing it here, which is weird because they do it all the time. And in the end, it might be, oh, he's cleared. And tomorrow he can you know, he can play again. I mean, there's he's not on the 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 commissioner's is You're exactly right. Right. He's not on. No. And the, 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 uh, the, the fact that he's list.
5: not playing is the choice of the Houston Texans. Correct.
6: And correct. And so. um but can you, can you risk trading three first round picks right. for a quarterback who may get suspended or you just might not want to keep him?
5: Well, I'm putting if, you in the general manager's seat. I mean, I, by, I the, do by it. the way, you I also have a general manager of Miami yeah. that's on a short lease right yeah. now after I, passing on Justin yeah. Herbert for Tua Tunga Baila. I couldn't do it. And Steven Ross, the owner, is pretty much on record being a big Deshaun Watson fan. Like if the I, owner I wants this guy, so, you better come up a way. But to I get also, th-
6: but I also think that the owner picked Tua too because um, I've I just been told the staff was never really as high on him as Stephen Ross was. So the question is, do you do you give up on Tua now? And for Deshaun Watson, you do, you do. For Deshaun Watson, for other guys, no, right. But if it's Deshaun Watson who's who is free and clear, heck yes, yes, you, you, yes. You trade Tua for that. I just. If we look at, at a draft class, typically at the top of the quarterback draft class, you're going to get one or two studs. It's very rare to get, like, three. And so far, Herbert and Joe Burrow are frickin' studs. So, odds would just tell you that two is not going to be. And in my eyes, it would also tell me two is not going to be either. By the
5: way, is this quarterback draft class going to look like the year when E.J. Manuel was the only first-round pick? I mean, yeah. I mean, when you look at what we're looking, I mean, almost week to week now, we're coming up with a new name. I want to get to that on the other side, just sort of looking at this uh, quarterback class of 2022 and just how good it actually is going to be. But first, let's find out what's trending right now. By the way, we're brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. He's Mister Vegas, no question about that. David Gascon, And I haven't been there in a long time. Me neither, I. It's been a couple of years since I've been into vegas i heard the uh, the crowd there's a little different these days yeah i it, it, the days that i remember in vegas is when my buddies and i would go to vegas and then we would be able to before 9 11 you basically would run through the airport at full steam and just you know run through the gate there was nobody to stop you yeah and essentially dive onto the plane to get back yeah those, I, those are the best days in Vegas.
8: I, I long for the days when you can actually get legit comps for playing and not have to worry about being rated for time on the table. Mm. That's the worst part now. Like you drop any kind of money at the play, like an average oh, yeah. amount, yeah. and then maybe you get uh, <laughs> a meal or two, but nothing in terms of like a room or tickets to an event or a show. Yeah. Scum yeah,
5: those are – sports betting was very primitive way back in the day. Very primitive. Like, <laughs> yeah. there weren't – the Olympiad was the first actual sports book at Caesars Palace. Mm. Vinny Maiulo and Lou D'Amico. I actually knew these guys. Like those names, don't you, Jeff? Yes. Yeah. Vinny Maiulo, Lou D'Amico. mm by the way, they had the best hamburgers ever there at the Olympiad. They had this they had this window, like a betting window. Yeah. And if you knew somebody, they would say, go to the betting window, but instead of making a bet, order their burger. And so I got tipped off on that. So I go to the window, and I'm like, yeah, can I have a burger? And the guy goes, sure. And he comes back with his burger. I take one bite. <laughs> Awesome! It was unbelievable. You know why? It was a prime rib burger. Oh wow! Oh nice
1: and a
8: hamburger. On oh, what kind of I bread?
5: I mean, I, I was just was just a regular bun. I mean, it was there was not much to it, but the meat was so it was ridiculous.
8: Mm, pretty good, man. Good stuff. It oh. was really good. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, guys. Uh, not a lot of offense in this sucker. 14-7. No. Cowboys had the lead in this one. Uh, Brees Hall finally up to 50 yards. He's got 12 carries, so he ripped off a long one, 29 yards. Uh, but right now they're down by seven. They have the football, but it's 14-7. Cowboys with the advantage in that affair. A bunch of other games, obviously. Top 25 action. Number six, Michigan won today. They beat Northwestern. They're now 7-0 and on the year. Uh, number three, Oklahoma. They survived. They were shut out in the first half by Kansas, then scored 35 35- in the third and fourth quarters combined 35-23 is the final number to Cincinnati by 7 over Navy uh 27 to 20 Steve uh, what uh what's going to happen in the great state of Colorado tonight about 90 minutes from now
5: 90 minutes from now yes. in Colorado in
8: Colorado
5: Mm, what's that? Oh, you're talking about the San Diego State Air Force Yes, game? they're three-point you
8: know, dogs in that game, too. You know what's interesting about this game? They have no quarterback.
5: Well, no. Air Force has the number one rushing offense yes. in the
8: nation. Yeah.
5: San Diego State has the number one rushing defense, defense in yeah. the okay. nation. Oh,
8: man. DJ Uyangale just got picked off on a shovel pass. And it was a pick six. I just oh, watched no. it right there. Oh man, I can't remember the last time I saw a shovel pass be picked off for pick six. Absolutely Car- stunned
5: well, about Uwe and what has happened to him at Clemson. I when mean, did Carson Wentz
6: do it? Well, he he didn't throw a pick six, but remember they were playing Seattle Week One. I think there's oh. somebody threw the shovel pass to the to the Seattle defensive lineman. Yeah. Um. Here's a play right here. I'm curious what happens here if this is. I mean, he's, that guy's not supposed to be there. I mean, that's, that's not really. Uh,
5: that's I mean, before far, that pass, Uyunga will lay 11 of 20 to
6: 101 yards.
5: That's well, yeah, pretty not good, good but that's,
6: I wouldn't put that one all on him on that one.
5: No, that, you
8: know. That is awesome.
5: By the way, Iowa Sam has been trying to jump in We're talking, to
8: interrupt your we're talking, update. We're talking Mountain West Conference football. No, no yeah, I was actually so going to play uh, off that.
9: So the service academy. Yes, go ahead. You're saying how great Air Force's yes. uh, rushing offense yes, is. Yes, yes. I think Wake Forest might need to work on their rushing D for after giving up 416 yards. Yeah, on but the that's ground. all Army does. I is know, run but, the ball. but even if you put up 416 yards of total offense in a game, that's that's okay. It's pretty did, decent. Did defense. you guys see the time of possession in that game for
8: Wake Forest? All right, so I'm checking it right now.
5: <laughs> Wake Forest had the ball 17 minutes, <laughs> and they put up 70. Points. They put up 17 points, and they only had the ball 17. That's what happens when you play Army.
8: They put up 70.
5: 70 points in 17 minutes.
9: Yeah. (laughs) All right, maybe Army needs to work on their defense.
5: Yeah, in fact, how about this? They only had the ball for 17 minutes, and they had 638 total yards,
8: Wake Forest. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, good stuff. UCLA leads Oregon right now at the break, 17-14 Bruins at the advantage. And then, of course, in a couple hours from now in South Bend, Five and one. Notre Dame takes on Southern Cal. Uh, Notre Dame seven and a half point in favorites in this one. Hey, USC. Uh...
6: I like. I like the uh, Irish tonight.
8: You would. Well, I mean USC. <laughs> I saying, USC.
6: They.
5: I mean. They, who, they... But, but USC has played their worst ball at home. Correct. I mean, they've had three straight blowout conference losses at yeah. home. Maybe I. I think USC hangs in there. Although it's been interesting with Jess Picks, just been dynamic on college football NFL not so
6: much. No, no. We went 2 or 3 last week, so There you hey. go. It's a
8: little what, improvement. What kind of chance Nolan are we getting tonight for Oregon State?
6: I like the Beavers tonight. Um, for I mean, they're off a of bye, so I think he'll be a little bit better. Yeah. But but here's here's really why. I mean, Utah's had two straight really emotional weeks, right? Yeah. So, you know, they they go to USC after uh, another teammate unfortunately was was shot and killed. Um, it's the second time in, in ten months, right? Yeah. They go to USC. They haven't won the Rose Bowl in hundred years, right? They yeah. beat they beat USC. They had the funeral for Aaron Lowe on Monday. They all go to Texas for that. They come back home. You have the emotion of the home crowd. You you know, you, 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 know, it's a, you know, it's a memorial game for Lowe. They play really well, right? They beat Arizona State. Now I got to go to Corvallis. It's supposed to be raining sideways tonight. It's going to be cold. It's going to be wet. It's not. No one's going to be there. Like it's just, I think that the, the juice of this Utah team might like just like deflate a little bit. That, that's my take on this tonight. Uh, just because I, I just think it's a lot emotionally to handle.
8: Love the environment though. Uh, Iowa State just scored, guys. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we got that. Iowa Stan was trying to jump in and interrupt Rodgerson. everything. Uh, oh. So uh,
5: Iowa State now, even with uh, Oklahoma State, and we got 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. All right, David, great stuff as always. <clears throat> UCLA and uh, Oregon. And we're getting into the second half of that game. So I want to ask you a little bit about these uh, quarterbacks. So you you, you look at all these draft services. They constantly update mock drafts. I mean, they're almost on a daily basis. You love them, Steve. You read them. I do. I read them because I'm always curious. By the way, I'm reading one. I won't specify which one that has Thibodeau as the number one pick in the draft. Okay. So I'm looking at their... Picks and in the top sixteen projected picks, and this was done two days ago, right through last week's game. They had exactly one quarterback in the first sixteen picks, and that was Malik Willis at Liberty. That was that was the only quarterback they had projected in the top hmm. sixteen picks, and it's a guy that I would say the majority of our listeners have no idea who he is. Willis, the quarterback at I, I've, Liberty. I've watched any Liberty games? This week. Um, so. I mean, is that the kind of year it's going to be? Because, I mean, we're so used to, you know, two or three quarterbacks at the top of the draft and teams scrambling and making trades to move up. Is it that lean at quarterback? And again, how does that affect the situation with these contracts and potential trades for quarterbacks? The fact that we may have that one year where there just is not that quarterback available in the draft.
6: Well, look, Spencer Rattler was supposed to be the, the top pick in the draft. He got benched. Right. So it's not great. And then you have Sam Howell, right? Well, supposed I'm, I'm looking be... at
5: the rest of this draft. So they have a, uh, Matt Corral at like 17. They have Sam Howell at uh, maybe 21 right now. And I'm looking at the rest of their first round, and that is it. Those are the only quarterbacks they have going in the first round.
6: Yeah, and I think I think Pickett will make his way up there. We're seeing people talk about it. I saw Colin Tower tweet about him today. That means that I think NFL GMs are talking to him about that. Um, so I, uh, I think that he will be a first-round draft, especially today because Clemson guys, they're, they're, they're good, right? I mean, and to play well against them today will elevate his stock uh, immensely. And so I think that there's a chance that he's the other But this is guy. a
5: guy that, if you look at his numbers, he had 13 touchdown passes last year. He had 13 the year before. I mean, this is a fourth-year starter at Pitt who really never did anything. So, I mean, I, this is the danger when suddenly you take a guy and you elevate him up. I mean, his numbers today are well, good. They're
6: not lights yeah, out. Look, there, there's definitely a thought that I, that, that I feel like... You know, he's a he's he's played a lot of football and there's definitely an idea that maybe, you know, he's just a senior. He's played a lot of football and therefore, you know, he he just is playing well for that reason.
5: Right. His his completion percentage is like eight percent higher than it's been for any other season. Now, we, we could we could always look at college numbers. Look, when we talk about Josh Allen. Like, seriously, look at his numbers in college and how, the, how does this guy project to be some, you know, superstar quarterback of the next level? And the first couple of years it didn't look that way. No one's saying that now about Josh Allen. Uh, he is a legitimate star quarterback in the NFL. But this could be one of those drafts where I think hopefully some teams have sensible picks, because there is talent, there's always a lot of talent. We talked about Thibodeau. There's a lot of talent out there in college football. There is, but there's always so much focus on the quarterback position. Teams desperate to find those franchise quarterbacks, and at least based on what we've seen over the course of this year, I, I haven't seen a, a franchise quarterback in college football this year. Nothing. There's, even close. there's not.
6: There's not. Not even there's close. Not. Yeah, there's
5: not, there's not. I mean, there's some passable guys out there. All right, on the other side, I want to get back to some other NFL news we want to get to. Also, just keeping an eye on the scoreboard right now. Right now, a little bit of uh, Oregon action trying to uh, get the lead for the first time in this game against UCLA. Just keep it right here on Fox Football Saturday.
7: We're just a bunch of fat kids living a dream.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
11: If you dare.
1: Third and one from the nine. Purdy will throw it right, looking for Hutchinson. Touchdown! Xavier
6: Hutchinson! Oh, is that justice? Nine yard touchdown
5: run for Hutchinson. That's Sean Walters from Learfield. So Iowa State evens up that score against number eight Oklahoma State. 14 all, four and a half minutes to go in the third quarter there. Meanwhile, Anthony Brown continues to shred UCLA's defense. 20 of 27, 231 yards. UCLA gets a player kicked out for targeting. Was a clear helmet to helmet hit. He gets booted. Oregon goes and scores. So the Ducks now leading 21 to 17. So, as you called him, the worst quarterback in the Pac 12 is lighting is up UCLA right this now. This is
6: by far the best he's looked. And I've watched every snap in this year. Yeah. This guy that we've seen today, mm-hmm. we can win with this guy. Yeah. Um. You know, he, he he had two throws in that drive that were at the secondary windows. And so I just hope he understands like, dude, you, you have an arm. You, you've played six years now. It's your sixth year. It's not, it's not BC man. We we got dudes at wide receiver. Just give him a chance. Give him yeah. a chance. You have an elite play caller and Joe Moorhead. So we'll see what happens here. I'm curious about Jordan Thompson-Robinson because— Oh, he's you know, under he's,
5: siege right now.
6: Well, I, I'm, I'm curious because his arm got hit pretty hard in that Kayvon Thibodeau sack. Yeah. And I'm curious whether or not—because um, he was making some weird faces afterwards. I'm curious whether or not um,
2: well, his Well, Thibodeau
5: right now is almost unblockable. So when you have a guy coming off the edge, it is just getting into the backfield almost instantaneously— yeah. The rest of the offensive yeah. line, and they're now they're just they can't get well, the ball yeah, off. Yeah. So the
6: left guard got uh, beat there. And so by the way,
5: oh, let me yeah. ask you this: Let's say you come down to the end of the year, right, and you have uh, a one-loss Ohio State team and a one-loss Oregon team trying to figure out which one of them moves on to the playoff, and they have Ohio State get in despite the fact that Oregon beat Ohio State handily at Ohio State. How much
6: would that burn you? Why even play? Why even play the games then? Right? Like, right. why even play?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, look, at, I know Oregon hasn't looked good. They lost to Stanford. They didn't look good against Cal, but they they have a one loss. Ohio State has one loss, and you know, Ohio Oklahoma State has State is look good uh, in
6: like six of their wins. <laughs> like it doesn't right. You gotta win. You gotta win in the end.
5: That's why it's a fixed game. If you don't believe me, come on, take a step back. They're going to do whatever it takes. I have said from the playoff from day one, and my only knock on ESPN is just admit it. That's This is a rigged game yeah. to make sure that they get marquee teams in to their playoff. Now, we were mistaken last week. The actual first college football yeah. playoff poll will not be until a week from Tuesday. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, so we it's November second right, we will be the first one. So you're going to have Cincinnati sitting there, uh, assuming they continue to win, and they didn't look great today. They barely oh, beat. Oh, Navy. oh, yes. What happened here? What are you uh, looking he, at? He
6: dropped. He dropped the punt. No. If they call this a penalty, I am going to lose. I am going to.
5: There is a penalty on the I'm gonna, field.
6: I'm going to break my. I'm going to. Probably there is break a penalty on the radio. field.
5: Chip Kelly's looking right now. There is a flag on the field. I'm going to
6: break my headset. All right, if, this, if they call us on Oregon.
5: All right, let's see what the penalty call is here. So UCLA failed to. Uh, if they, I, I, Steve, we have a if, personal foul on wha- on, on Oregon. The, there it is. Dirty play by the Oregon Ducks. How? Who went to get
6: the ball. How's that a penalty?
5: No. Now they're saying it's against UCLA. Now what? This official doesn't know he's pointing in one direction, now he's pointing in another direction. Garbage! Both teams are they, looking if, at him sorry, like what's going on? on? Which Oregon, way are, which
6: way are you calling this? If they call us an organ, this is this is
5: All right, so UCLA punted. The punter dropped Wait, the punt. How is this a... how's it oh. targeting? Well he took his helmet off. He ripped but, his helmet off. You can't rip a guy's helmet off. That's not targeting. Yeah, but you can't rip a guy's he helmet he went, off.
6: He went to he didn't rip a guy's helmet off. He went to he made the play. He went to go tackle the the the, the he went to the ball. Go for the ball. What's he supposed to do? He went to the head. He dove for the ball. What's supposed? Seriously, what are we supposed to do there? He's supposed to let the punter pick the ball up. When you see
5: somebody, they're reviewing the play right now. So what happened was UCLA's punter went back to punt. He dropped the snap as he went to pick up the ball. Oregon came in and dove on him, and his helmet flew off. He ended up face down, helmetless, on the other way, and they are calling it first down for Oregon. The call is reversed. So all your screaming and ranting and raving, they must have heard you. No call. You, because Oregon, will silly. get the ball.
6: Steve, the, the punter went to pick the ball up. Yes. He was hit. The worst call, by the way, is not in this game. Iowa State was going in for a touchdown. On a, a wide receiver caught a pass, and he kind of gave like a, a tiny bit of a two-step, like a little D on, like a yard, and they called it back. They called it back.
5: Usually when you see a guy's helmet fly off, there's usually a penalty, but in that case, there was not. And the question was, did his helmet just fly off, or was it pulled off? Well, either way, Oregon now has the ball deep in UCLA territory with the lead, twenty-one seventeen. So long ways to go. Eleven minutes to go here to in rain, the third by the quarter. Way?
6: It's very dark there.
5: Uh, it has been dark here in Southern California, although I'm looking outside right now and the sun is out. Okay. Um, the actual big rain day here in SoCal will be on Monday, one of our rare, much needed rain days. <laughs> Uh, by the way, it's a late-arriving crowd at the Rose Bowl today. When, they, when the game started, there were a lot of empty seats, which is what you predict uh, at the Rose Bowl, but they're actually filled in considerably in this game. So maybe it was UCLA's hot start jumping out to that 14-0 lead, but there seemed to be a lot more bodies out at the Rose Bowl. All right, on the other side, we'll continue to update you on everything that's happening on this college football Saturday and take a sneak peek of some of the really unpredictable games in the NFL
0: coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table.
10: If you dare.
1: Brown, snap, give
5: it
4: to Dye, dives it right up the middle, no doubter. No doubter for Travis Dye. Second touchdown of the day for Dye, and
5: Oregon has regained the lead. That's Jerry Allen from Learfield. And since then, Oregon has added another touchdown, although they missed the extra point. Oregon Ducks now dominating UCLA 27-17. to It's about time to fire Chip Kelly and get a new coach in at UCLA. He's been a disaster. What? Never delivered what was promised when he came to UCLA. Wow. He's been a miserable failure. And uh, time for UCLA to make a change, desperately. <laughs>
6: I don't know if you're being serious or not. Um, Why wouldn't I be serious?
3: This
5: was a team, by the way, UCLA team that had nothing but juniors and seniors. and In fact, all seniors on all their seniors defense, defense going yeah. into the year. Uh, the last two Oregon t- t- touchdowns have been walk-ins just blowing open the middle of UCLA's defense. So, I mean, the idea that for four years you haven't seen enough of Chip Kelly— uh, whatever magic he had years ago at Oregon has long since evaporated, uh, and UCLA and I applauded. I thought, "Wow, what a coup for UCLA yeah. to get this guy when everyone thought he was going to yeah. go to Florida at the time." The guy's been a bust. He has brought nothing to this program, uh, and uh, and they're getting wiped out right now by Oregon.
6: It's a much different. Atmosphere of football now, right? I was there when Chip got to Oregon. Have I told you the story the first time I met Chip? Sure, yeah. Well, Uh, share uh, it for
5: all of our listeners again when Chip Kelly was actually relevant.
6: Yeah, so, you know, I was out. We, We had one Friday a week we had a team workout in the morning. Otherwise, we didn't have workouts much in the morning in, in, in the winter time. It was Friday mornings at like 6.30. So, you know, you roll out a bed, you show up, and you work out. And it was a team bonding thing and whatnot. So I had back surgery that, that off-season heading into 2007, uh, my senior year. Chip's, we eventually hire him. But so we're, I'm, I'm not participating in the morning workout, and Chip's there. I don't know if he's there to interview or just there to be there. But I started talking to, to Chip Kelly, and He's telling me all this stuff about, like, the tempo and the plays and his philosophy. And I was thinking to myself in the back of my head, like, what is this guy talking about? This is not going to work. Like, this guy's out of his mind. And so we hired him. Now, I don't remember that conversation when we hired him because, you know, like, there's no, there was no social media then. It was, I didn't know we, like, kind of. Until I first saw him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I had that conversation with Chip." So in the spring, I was out because I had my back surgery, and so was our center. And our offense looked so sorry. Max Unger was our center. He played in NFL for eleven years. So we, you know, like having me and him out—that's twenty years of NFL experience. Um, you know, it was like it wasn't very good in the spring, but I remember in the summer when we started practicing as a full unit, everyone was healthy. Dennis Dixon, by the way, missed the spring because he was playing baseball. So Dennis wasn't there either. And we start running our offense in the, in, in the summer, man, in practice and camp. And I was like, Oh my God, this actually works. Like it was, we were the confidence we played with knowing the other team had no idea what we were doing, and mind you, this was the very bare bones of this offense. We didn't have really any RPOs where the quarterback pulled the ball and threw it. Like that was that was kind of you know that was new. We, we put that into kind of the end of the year, every now and then. It was just the, the zone read, as we see now. Right? Quarterback reads the defensive end. And he's rudimentary stuff, but we played it such a tempo that no one could play. We played USC that year in two thousand seven. USC's entire defense, Steve was drafted right it was the entire defense one through 11 and then also the backups like they were that good right and and um and so but they were so tired when they put they couldn't stay in the field so no matter how good they were they were tapping the top of their helmets trying to get out after after two drives because they're exa- Ray Maluga right big old middle linebacker he's used to playing a prodding, two you know two fullback offense tight end offense we're gonna take thirty five seconds we're gonna run power we're gonna run iso, not against us not against us and so there was so much confidence with which we played with yeah and well. we pr- and, and like they th- this is kind of like. Now the game is, yes, coaching is important, obviously, but now it's about recruiting, right, and having better dudes.
5: All right, well, let me me give you an update on Chip Kelly. First of all, what happened at him at Oregon has as much relevance now as the leather helmet. Um, As far as Chip Kelly is concerned, how is he still on the job, right? He had gone 10-21 and his first three years at UCLA, no bowl games. Now, let me explain this to you. How about this? He got a $1 million retention bonus this year, uh, which raised his salary to $5.6 million this year. That's what he's making at UCLA, $5.6 million. And you're like, why haven't they fired him already? Well, that's because they had a $9 million buyout on his extension, uh, which finally will expire in January of 2022. Collectively, the UCLA football coaching staff is making $10 million this year. And by the way, if they make a bowl game, which is likely they could get to a low-level bowl game this year, that number will actually go up. The deal that he signed with UCLA, the deal that UCLA signed him to was unbelievable, especially for a state university. In this day and age, when everyone's looking to cut back and everything, this guy's making an insane amount of money, pocketing him. No wonder he got a smile on his face, no matter when they talk to him about things. Uh, he's going to be a very rich man. He is a very rich man, and he's delivered nothing. Fortunately for UCLA, they can get out of this nightmare when that $9 million buyout expires on January 15th. I'm circling the date. January 15, 2022, they can get out of this nightmare Mayor that has been Chip Kelly since the day he arrived. So, there you um,
6: go. So, part of it was, I think, because of a COVID year and a new athletic director, right? Martin Jarmon, who I think has done a great job. I mean, Teddy, he was out, you know, he was out like a game day and, and riling people up. I think he's great. And well, I think he that-
5: is, and he's got that basketball program back on track because he did make the right hire, Mick Cronin. So yes, think, uh, and you
6: know. so... I think he will – I think they'll move off chip. And obviously, um, you know, the question is with LSU's job open and UCLA and USC's job open, you know, who is the best guy for the Bruin job? It's not – Well, let me LSU. ask
5: you. I mean, you got roots in this UCLA. I mean, you're talking about some – we talked about the LSU job earlier in which the last three coaches that have coached at LSU have all won national championships. Okay, so that's a pretty good job. USC is US, US, USC. UCLA is a basketball school. Right, I mean, it's always been a basketball school. If they get a a good football team at UCLA, has sort of been a bonus over the years. It's never been a UCLA football factory. They've had players, they've had some good seasons, but they're not some kind of power. They've only yeah. won champ, won championship in 1954. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, who can they get. I mean, that's why I thought Chip Kelly was such a banana. Like, wow, Chip Kelly. Remember him at Oregon? Let's forget what happened at the end of his run with the Eagles, and let's forget about that one-and-done disaster he had with the 49ers. This guy's had success at the college level. It's been a nightmare from
6: day one.
11: And the um, only
5: reason they've won as many games as they have this year is because they have some experience yeah. on that team.
6: Well, next year is going to be pretty bad if he comes back, I think, right? With with all the experience. Well, they're not going to give him and a new contract. You I don't seriously think so. no. I, no, I don't think so. He's um gone. so so who? So you know, who who's the best guy? I mean, you know, to me it's someone that understands, you know, the kind of the limitations of recruiting at UCLA. It's not it's not a private school, You're, there's some limitations to recruiting. It's someone who is um who, you know, I think under just kind of understands like the, the vibe of the program, right? To your point, it's a basketball school first, um, but we just you know we we you just can't be embarrassed, right? Like you can't have seasons no. where, you're, where you're uncompetitive being UCLA, and you have the Jordan money now. You have obviously the, your your facilities have been way upgraded compared to what they were uh, for for many many years. Obviously, the Rose Bowl is fantastic. It's not on campus facility, right? So it, it takes some effort to get there if you're a student or you want to go to a game there. Um, but someone who understands all of that, I mean, to me, that's kind of a young, energetic coach, right? Someone who will look at this job as um obviously, you know, a, a job of the future, a dream job, uh, and something that, that's obviously, you know, a, a, a job they can grow into. Like I don't think a veteran established head coach is, is great for this job. They're, they're going to not like the limitations. They're going to not like, um, you know, kind of fan support, I think. You need someone young, up-and-coming, great recruiter, right? Just sells UCLA, sells the J- Jordan brand, sells the history of the program. I mean,
5: think about their coaches. Since uh, Coach Donahue resigned, okay, after his 20-year run at UCLA, you had Bob Toledo, uh, you had uh, Carl Durrell, uh, you had... Uh, you know, Rick Neuheisel, you had Jim Mora, uh, and now you had Chip Kelly. I mean, just it, it, mediocrity across yeah. the board. Look, I look, it, it's, it's
6: just, I, I think it, look, I think it's obviously, you, you have to understand what the expectations are of this program. What, what, Steve, what do you think the expectations are for this program? Like, as far as wins and pac championships the, every year? Well, first of we all,
5: it, it, the expectations are that you should be elite. I'm not saying best of the best. But UCLA still has expectations that it should be an elite program. Like any other program that has had some success at some point. You always expect, well, if we've been there once, why can't we be there again? So when UCLA harkens back, you know, all the way to the Troy Aikman days, you know, when they were a a big-time power and they had a lot of great players that went on to success in the NFL, that's what UCLA people look at saying, well, you did it once – why can't you do it again?
6: I mean, the last time was you know Bob Tua went to two Rose Bowls, right? That was the last time in the well, in the he late went 90s. to one
5: Rose Bowl. They uh, they they missed out on one Rose Bowl because Washington State beat him early. Remember, right in the 97, 98, and they lost that game to Wisconsin. But, that's the last time they went to a Rose Bowl uh, game, and that's Cade McNown is being honored. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was honored today. I saw he was uh, for today. the uh, election sorry. to <laughs>
6: the College Football Hall of <laughs> that Fame. That was the, that was the the 98 was the Miami year. I'll show you um, how
5: that was. I was on I was doing sidelines for UCLA radio his freshman year when. Uh, uh, Terry Tony looked at him and said, "You get in the game. Uh, the rest was history." He beat USC four straight years. I, I again, I, 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 I this is, I mean, can you imagine so, all this money so my, he's making? So Ten million dollars
6: well, for this coaching staff. So my my thing about about um, what the expectations are for UCLA is, I think, you know, winning the South obviously is something that this should be a goal every year, right? But winning the conference outright probably twice every 10 years once every 10 years is probably about right they have in the conference since 1998 right so i'm saying so so realistically it's once every 10 years is the way to do it i about, mean like,
5: about, that's what they were doing in the 50s 60s 70s
6: 80s 90s yeah and and right and, and that's the thing is like we have to the expectations for all these programs um is they're, they're so high right like mm-hmm. we we only look at Playoff or bust every year, which it will change when the charging playoff. I mean, winning your conference, guys, to me is still very important. You know, we're, we're West Coast guys. Winning the Rose Bowl is a very important game for the West Coast. Um, you know, maybe it's not the same for the Sugar Bowl or or the you know or the the uh, the you know the Fiesta Bowl or whatever else, or but I, I think it's still an important game to win. Obviously, so you know, to me, um, I, uh, I I think that in general we have to lower expectations for what teams can do.
1: Well.
5: That's easy said, but when you're an alum, you don't. I don't care what school you're talking about. Dude,
6: we fired Helfrich two years after he went to a title game. It was four and eight. You And Orgeron
5: just it. got fired at LSU two yeah. years after winning a championship. Gene Chizik got fired at Auburn two years after winning a national championship. All right, we're going to switch here to the NFL. Let's do it. Because on the other side, Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Series. XM NFL he will give us all the latest previewing week 7 Sunday
0: coming up next There are some things that are too good to keep a secret Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh yum And how you get the most out of Select Can't Miss events
11: If you dare.
4: there's the snap. Fake to Ely. Actually, handed to Ely. Ely makes one man miss, makes another one miss. He's in the 20 to the 15 to the 10. Carry me to the end zone, boys. Touchdown. Ole
5: Miss. David Kellam there, Learfield. Ole Miss. Blowing out LSU 31 to 7 as Lane Kiffin looking to embarrass. His longtime friend, Ed Orgeron, and doing a great job of it.
6: So we don't uh, have to worry about, about Ed keeping his job after this one. Yeah. <laughs> like I talked uh, about earlier.
5: By the way, this latest series for UCLA, just once again, watching Chip Kelly keep looking at his charts. Completely inept. Um, the man needs to be fired immediately. Well, I, I, I mean, wouldn't even let Simon him finish Thibodeau's the fourth quarter. So, uh, yeah, he has no answers. No, no genius. That's for sure. Um, here's a guy that is a genius, though. When it comes to the NFL, he knows it as well as anybody out there. Speaking of our dear friend, Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider Series XM NFL. Adam Kaplan, Adam, you remember when like Chip Kelly was a hot commodity in the NFL? Oh my or, goodness! Oh yeah, it was
7: the 2013 season. The, chase, the we called it the Chip Chase. It yeah. was the Cardinals, the Eagles would wind up getting him. The Buffalo Bills called. It, it was really crazy. I, 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 now he was supposed to be a phenomenon, as we know, mm-hmm. coming the National Football League. He was just he was a guy who would. Who would go for it at his own 25, and what happened is Chip was nothing like uh, he's purported to be the National Football League. Though the, the first game against Washington, Mike Shanahan was the head coach of the Washington team then, and guys were faking injuries uh, t- so they would be able to take timeouts because they could not keep up with the pace. Right. But as Mike Zimmer told me one time, everybody gets figured out, and it didn't take long for the league to figure out Chip Kelly.
5: That's happened, and apparently college football has as well. All right, Adam, so much to do as far as the NFL is concerned. But, you know, Jeff and I earlier were talking about the fate of Baker Mayfield. What are your yeah. thoughts now as you look forward? Uh, obviously, another injury for him right now. Somehow they were able to survive uh, against Denver. There's another coach in deep trouble, Vic Fangio, right now after four straight losses. But what what is the future, if any, for Baker
7: Mayfield in Cleveland? They really like Baker Mayfield. I could just tell you, talking to them privately, he's exactly what they're hoping for. I mean, you you can't. There's not much you can do about a guy who suffers two significant injuries to his left shoulder. One, the the, the left labrum is almost certain to get operated on. Uh, he's got a. He, it's pretty bad. Jay Glazer's report was interesting with the fracture in there. So, I mean, no, they like him. They. But what was happening is his side was not willing to take a discount. The the Browns to get this deal early, they were willing to. But they wanted a heavy discount, and uh, his side and his agents who were, been around forever. Uh, Jack Mills and Tom Mills. They were not going to do a discount. I mean, he he had the breakout season last year. He certainly has been solid this season. But you know, he's had a couple games where he hasn't played as well. But he's also been hurt since week two.
6: Um, okay, so it's they might like him, right? But but are you going to pay him forty million dollars? No, is
7: right? too much, right, Jeff? But right. That's, well, that's well, the point. See, because but, here's
6: yes, here's what I've yes. said. So the issue is not really. Per se, the money allocated to him It's that you can't pay other people, right? And if you can't pay other people, you need your quarterback to be someone who elevates a roster above the roster of the talent you have. Lamar Jackson's doing that now, right? 16 guys on injured reserve. They're not, Bakers doesn't do that in Cleveland, right? So is there pause at all about paying him the big money?
7: Uh, I'm just telling you how much I could just tell you. They like the player, they want him to be their long term starter. They have 20 players on their injury report this past week. This past going into the game, uh, OBJ's shoulder's bad. Uh, Landry's playing with an MCL sprain. He, he's doing the best that he can. But I, I agree with your point. If you just stacked up Dak Prescott and number of the top quarterbacks, you would probably put him somewhere between 32 and 35 million a season, not 40 million. And 40 million, quite frankly, is the bottom number right now. Agents now who have the top quarterbacks are going to be looking for 47 to 50 million. Because I've talked to these guys or people close to them. Um, so, that's why, like, when you say $40 million, is it a lot? Yes, for him. I wouldn't do it either if, if, if I happened to be in the Cleveland front office. But that deal, that, that $40 million number in March may look a lot different.
5: All right. I want to turn to a couple games tomorrow here, Adam. Chiefs at Titans. I have a yeah. hard time reading this game. The Chiefs are four-point favorites. They have no defense. They're going against the beast himself, Derek Henry. Even my buddy Eric Dickerson is conceding with the extra game that his single-season rushing record is very much in jeopardy right now. <laughs> Where are we on both these teams? I mean, seriously, I mean, the Titans have been a roller coaster this year. The Chiefs are still sitting at 3-3. Three and three. What do you make of this game?
7: You know, I could tell you from talking to coaches before that come off situations like this from a Monday game, emotional game. I get the game was at home, and this game's at home. And obviously they're fighting. To, they want to win their division. And, and, you know, the Colts now look like they're, they've got a real chance to push the Titans. But it's always hard for the next week. And this is a short week. They had an incredible win. That was, I didn't see them beating uh, the Bills. but the Bills have to, you know, they, they get their little time off here with their bye. But I, I understand Las Vegas sometimes sees things that others don't understand. Like I'll give you, for instance, the Chargers, right? The Chargers had this incredibly emotional victory over the Browns two weeks ago. Um, High-scoring game in the National Football League so far. They, go to, they have to travel to, to Baltimore next week. They get absolutely housed. Traveled three time zones. The Raiders, I don't know how... They, I'll give you another example. The Raiders should be a six- or seven-point favorite over the Eagles, who are not a good football team. The Raiders are clearly much better. Well, guess what? The Raiders are only a three-point favorite at home. Why? An emotional game. We all know why. And we talked about that last Saturday. From talking to them privately, privately I said they, they knew they had to get away, and that helped them. But now they have to, against a, a non-conference team... Uh, like the Eagles, the Raiders have to show that they're ready to 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 compete at a high level again. Just Jeff, as an NFL player, I wonder if you have ever been through, through anything like that. I to me, I would if I had to pick a team here, I definitely would pick the Chiefs. But you make a fair point. The Chiefs' run defense is not very good. But what happens if the Titans get down fourteen nothing?
6: Yeah. um, It's interesting uh, when you talk about kind of win total. So I I heard this on a podcast. I'm not sure if it's if it's valid, but I believe the people Mm -hmm. talk about because it's gambling. They they say that the Bengals win total right now is still at seven and a half. After the start they've had, and they're four points right now, huh. and and well. part of it is they have not played their division yet. So this weekend they we travel to Baltimore. Uh, do you believe in this Bengals team? Obviously, I think over seven and a half is probably the, the wager here to make. But do you believe in the Bengals as a playoff team?
7: As a wild card, yes, because it's if you look at if you look at the five teams that are probable to make the playoffs after that. I mean, they're, the, the last two wild cards, the Chargers, who I picked to be a wild card team, still are there. They're right there for the division. I think they'll have a chance to be a wild card, but not. I don't believe them to be a division winner. No, I don't. I don't think their their, their talent's good enough. Though their defense has been better, no question. I don't think. I just don't think their defense is going to be good enough overall. But their offense is, is really good. The you know, the other problem with them, they I had a team tell me he's playing the Bengals, who did advance with them, said that their offensive line is marginally better than it has been, but it's it's going to be a problem. And as we all know, you cannot win the National Football long, ter- long term without a good offensive line. I, I'm just. 21 years to cover this business, it's always the same. If you don't have a very good offensive line, it's hard to go very far, and I think that's one thing that's going to keep them going uh, very deep this season.
5: All right, Adam, we are uh, closing in on that trade deadline on November 2nd. Is Deshaun Watson going to get traded, and exactly how much are they going to get in return? (laughs) Do you buy into John McClain, obviously one of the most respected NFL writers, uh, throwing it out there that it's pretty much a done deal that he's going to end up with the Dolphins' How does Adam Kaplan think this is all going to play out?
7: Yeah, his wording said it could. Let's just to be clear here. I know John very well. He said his wording is could be done as soon as this week. So he, here's what I know. I've reported this since I'm going to say April or May that the Texans wanted three first round picks. They were not relenting. Now, my good friend Jay Glazer did report that they're willing to take less than they were they wanted before, but my understanding was they wanted a minimum of two starters. Had to be frontline starters. I'm talking about guys that could plug and play right now. I can't imagine they would be willing to take less than three first-round picks. Now, the league does not typically, this is the way a couple teams told me they're involved, the league typically does not give any information out where their investigation is. They're not supposed to. So if you're a team that's trading for, uh, let's say you're the, the Dolphins, who have been the leader since really April, since the Panthers dropped out, and the Eagles, are, I'm told, are still interested, they're still, they're monitoring the situation. But if you're the Dolphins, who are the front runners, right, do you know absolutely, A, he'll play the season, if you trade for him, within the next week, the trade de- deadline's next Tuesday, November 2nd, and do you know what will happen next year? You have to be very careful. I've never felt the odds were strong, but what happens in the National Football League, deadlines make things change. It just I, I had a team tell me, I was working on a trade scoop one time, and they said, uh, the, the deal's dead, it's not going to happen. One hour later, I said, hey, stay tuned. I mean, things just change. You just d- things change when they're deadlines. It's just funny how teams change their mind because what happens is, folks, they cannot make the trade until uh, March 21st, which is the opening of free agency next year. So if they don't make it by the second,
6: looking at coaches and, and hot seats, you mentioned yeah. um, you mentioned the uh, uh, the Dolphins, and I don't know if Ford's on the hot seat quite yet, but Not how yet, about Vic yeah. Fangio and, and Joe Judge? Right, Vic Fangio starts three and zero. They're now lost four games in a row. Offense has. Regressed defense, not as good as it was last year. And obviously, J- Joe Judge one and five. I mean, they're 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 three point dogs at home against the Panthers, who really aren't very good.
7: Jeff, let's start with the Giants. I think Dave Gettleman is where the hot seat will be. I don't think Joe Judge as much. I think it's it's Dave Gettleman who's who's put together this roster, and if fans wondered about last season. I think he's absolutely in the hot seat. There's no question about it. I think Joe Judge less so. Um, yes, Dave Gelman brought him in, and that, that's Dave Gelman's also the one who put this roster together. A Vic Fangio, the problem there is that it's Teddy Bridgewater. This was, this was George Payton, their GM, He's done, he done a very good job, by the way. But George, because he knew Teddy from the days with Minnesota, won a stopgap quarterback for one year. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy. If he was available, they were going to go after him. It's not a secret. So they'll make a big move. They will make it, you could mark this down, they will make a significant splash in free agency. And also in the draft. They'll, they'll add someone who they believe in. If uh, uh, they'll, they'll have a really good backup for the quarterback that they draft, or they will trade for a veteran like a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers. They're going to do something major, a quarterback, uh, next season. There's no question about it.
5: All right. Uh, we're up against the clock, but I have to ask you very quickly because they have a short week. Arizona, assuming they beat the Texans to get to yeah. 7-0. and Thursday night, hosting the Packers. Can't wait. Yep, can't wait. Is that...
7: The end of their undefeated record? I, that's a great question. Uh, I would I would probably pick the—I don't pick against Aaron Rodgers in a big game. I've learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. But I, I am stunned at how good Kyler Murray has been. And I'll tell you why. He's become a pocket passer, which I never thought he would be. And remember, they did this last weekend without Cliff Kingsbury, who calls the plays. And honestly, the head coach, they smoked the Browns. And remember, they humiliated the Rams at home in, in, in SoFi. That's why you cannot say the, the Cardinals are not legit. They're the only undefeated team, but I'm I'm going to pick. I'll tell you right now, I absolutely will pick the Packers in that game just because it's Aaron Rodgers, and I I believe in in the end. uh, And by the way, uh, Chandler Jones was not activated. He had to be activated today, and he was not. That was surprising to me because he was in their building yesterday, their star pass rusher.
5: All right, Adam, great stuff.
7: We always appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Thank you.
5: Adam Kaplan there, Fox Sports Radio, NFL Insider Series, XM NFL. We'll have much more on the NFL on the other side. But right now, let's find out what's trending as we go back to David Gascon, uh, who will ignore UCLA getting routed right now. Uh, Chip Kelly may not survive the rest of this game. That's ugly. Uh, This was a pick 'em game. You're getting humiliated. You had the national spotlight with One Network's Game Day show showing up on the Westwood campus. Uh, And I can't imagine him surviving
8: after this. Man, what a trash line for Travis Dye. 10 carries, 27 yards, and four touchdowns. Yes, not bad. Four touchdowns with a 2.7-yard average per carry. And the much maligned Oregon quarterback, at least according to the guys
5: that know him best, which would be our Jeff Schwartz, uh, is absolutely lighting up UCLA. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's it.
6: Yeah, and um, our defensive line now is getting a chance to tee off on DTR.
5: Anthony Brown, 26 of 34, 281 yards. Yeah, worst quarterback in the Pac-12. How about the worst coach in the Pac-12? That would be one, Chip Kelly.
8: I I know they weren't supposed to be great this year, but Colorado's a mess. Yes, Colorado uh, is awful. Jared Broussard actually was pretty good in 2020. He has done absolutely nothing here in 2021. Cal is beating them up 26 to 3 right now. Is the score mm. in that one? Uh, Michigan, they are undefeated on the season at 7 0. They took care of Northwestern 33 7. Pitt's going to go to 6 and 1. There's under eight minutes to play and regulation. They lead right now over unranked Clemson. 27 to 17. DJ Uiangalele was benched in this ballgame after he threw a pick six on a shovel pass. Cincinnati is still perfect on the year. They beat Navy. Oklahoma rallied to beat Kansas 35 to 23. Uh, and of course, uh, Steve, your Aztecs tonight at Air Force. Oof. I tell you what, it's a big game for Brady Hoke. Going to be a very tough game. I Man, mean, they yeah. were good when he left. He leaves for Michigan, comes back, and now. They're good again. He's a good coach. Yeah. He's a good
5: coach. Although the problem for San Diego State is they they just don't have any passing game. No. Zero. But, again, how about this? You have two teams. We mentioned uh, Air Force is number one in the nation in rushing offense, San Diego State number one in rushing defense. Yes. Out of 130 FBS schools, Air Force is 128th and San Diego State's 125th. I mean, we're going back to leather helmet days football uh, in this matchup today. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of throwing around. So that's how that game's going to play. I'm excited out. about it. Yeah, and, and by they, the way, that game matches up the two best combined records of any college football game today. It's good, and,
8: and of course, uh, NLCS tonight uh, with the Dodgers and the Braves. LA's got to roll with Walker Buehler because Max Scherzer's got a dead arm. That's not good. Sounds like uh, Iowa Salmon on a Where's Friday David night. Where's David Price?
5: Are they still paying David Price like 20 27- something? Wow.
8: What? Yes, yeah, so did.
5: Are they paying David Price like 20 million dollars this year? Don't forget he opted
8: out of last
5: year. Yeah, he sat out and collected all that money yeah, last year. Big so.
8: big noble guy. He really wants to be there. Yeah.
5: All right. Uh David, thanks. Great job as always. Uh, Iowa Sam, very happy right now that is uh
9: Cyclones. Steve, can I Back jump in your track? Quick? Yes, of course you can, Sam. So Iowa State just scored to take the lead 24-21. And in the process, uh Brees Hall set a Big 12 record. Would you like to hear it? Let's hear. It. What oh, is please. the record? Here yeah. we go. First to
1: goal from the four-yard line. And to give to hall oh, touchdown! Brees Hall! And the Saw all a Big
9: 12 record, 19 consecutive games with a rushing touchdown. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty. That's cool. a lot. That's, wow. that's, that's an impressive game. That a is a
5: very impressive stat. By the way, I'll to give you impressive stats. Brock Purdy, the Iowa State quarterback, 26 of 32, 302 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Wow. This, this is the Iowa State top, uh, a top 10 team. So,
9: so, so
6: this is why they were favored by seven. Yes.
9: That's right, but they're still not covering. They're close. Four and a half minutes to go in that game. This is a team we expected, isn't it? At the beginning of the year, right?
5: Uh, all right, I want to. I want to get to. I'm, I'm going to get an early jump here with Jeff because uh, you've been really red hot with college football this year. This has been your your number one deal, right? College football. A good read on college football. Yes. I want to get. I want to get into some of these games uh, coming up later today. I want to start with that Notre Dame USC game. You didn't even hesitate. Uh, in which direction you're going in that game. Despite the fact USC has played better on the road than they certainly have at home. So let's get a read on that game right off the top.
6: Okay, so when's the last time USC beat a good team?
5: (laughs) Well, according to... Well, hold on a second here. According to Clay Helton, they beat a really good San Jose State team in their opening game. Remember that?
6: Okay, so one... um, (laughs) One right. okay, so yeah, um, that was his read on that game. Notre Dame might, you know, might have some struggles on offense, but they're a good coach team, with right? A lot of pro prospects. Um, they're USC has no pulse against these teams. Everyone says Notre Dame can't run the football. Okay, sure, but everyone has their best game rushing against USC. So, I'm not like this is not. Uh, I'm not I'm, I think USC does, they have nothing to play for. Notre Dame still has a playoff berth to play for. Um, I am not at all uh, of the belief that USC can keep this game close at all. They have one guy in offense, Drake London, who is their offense, and, and that's it. And Notre Dame knows that. And they're going to put Kyle Hamilton, du- double him every play, and that's it. And end of story. All um, right. Uh, so, I, I'm not, I'm, I am, yeah, off it, off it.
5: All right, let's talk about that Air Force San Diego State game we were talking about earlier. You, San Diego State coming in six and zero. Air Force is at six and one. By the way, I like Air Force defense. I know they talk about their rushing offense. Their defense looked pretty good last week on the road against Boise, who was coming off a big win against BYU. Air Force a three point favorite at home in this game.
6: Um, so you said that that I have that I get I get uh, the best rushing attack against the best. Rushing defense. That is
5: correct. San Diego State, to show you how good their rushing defense is, number two in the nation is Georgia. Now, that probably is because they're playing against a lot of passing teams. Now, obviously, you're going to play against a team that's literally going to run the ball on just about every down.
6: Oh, this is interesting. I'm curious. Let me see here. I mean, how Um, how much do you read? And by the way, when I mentioned that
5: Air Force was – Third to last in the nation in passing offense, the two schools worse All, than them are Army yeah. and Navy. I mean, how, take, how tough
6: I'll take, is it? I'll take the Aztecs getting three points. Really? Yeah.
5: Wow. Are you a Brady yeah. Hoke fan?
6: Uh, he wasn't terribly good at Michigan. He wasn't good as Oregon's defensive coordinator either. But he seems mm-hmm. to be doing a good job at San Diego State. Yeah. Well, he, uh, I mean, they're six and zero. I mean, there's there's a lot of like U- UTSa is seven and zero. I mean, there's yes. some like sneaky decent. Um, teams that just were not used to being in the top 25 um, so I I will go yes I will do uh, I'll, I'll take the, the points here with the, the Aztecs.
5: Alright so uh, let's take a look at some of these other teams let's let's go with Alabama right now uh, are they all the way back or they're going to be hosting Tennessee They're big 25 point favorites tonight um, do they seem off to you or do you oh, still think-, think that Alabama by season's end is just going to be right there uh, battling for another national championship
6: um, I think by by season end they'll be back in the playoff. Now they have to beat Georgia for that to happen, right? In the SEC Championship game. If they don't do that, two losses and they might be Boy, out.
5: Isn't that a great question? Right?
6: They might be out. Yeah, I two mean, loss Alabama team against. I
5: mean, against, you know yeah. they don't want to keep Alabama out of that at playoff, no. but you're right. I mean, if they lose to Georgia and have two losses, yeah. Uh, depending on well, I mean, you let me put it this way: Who do you think is a better team at the end of the season? A two loss Alabama team or an undefeated Oklahoma team?
6: Um, a two-loss Alabama—I think, Alabama, think Alabama's better. Right. I think most people would
5: agree with you. How outrageous would that be if they picked a two-loss—well, uh, uh, how about this? What if they picked a two-loss Alabama team over an undefeated Cincinnati team for a playoff
6: spot? I mean, Alabama would be favored by 21 points against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
5: All right, so you're okay
6: with that? Um, Not necessarily. I'm just saying that I think that is what they would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's what I think. That's what I think they would do now tonight. I, I would not play out. I wouldn't play this game tonight. I don't.
5: How about uh, Ohio think. state? they are three touchdown favorites
6: <sighs> who do they have tonight. Um, they have a uh, Indiana mm-hmm. at, at Indiana. Indiana has been tow. Indiana has been bad. Ohio state's off a buy. Actually, would I'd lay the points. With Ohio. I didn't bet this game, but I would lay it with Ohio state. If you're asking what I would, what I would do.
5: Yeah. Indiana last week against Michigan state played well.
6: If you, they You lost. have it at twenty. You have it at twenty one. Right. So that's a good number compared to like twenty one and a half. Right. All right. So Iowa it,
9: Sam's ready to jump in. With I'm the sorry. Question. Right. I'm sorry. I just I'm just chopping at the beat here. I gotta st- take a little stand for Indiana. If you look at their schedule, all of their losses are against like top eight teams. And oh. I know they've lost some of them terribly, but well, man. I mean, how good is Ohio State? <sighs> They're fantastic. And here comes like, can someone buy? Uh, is it Tom Allen, their coach? Can someone buy him like a two day? vacation. I mean the guy has had no breaks. They've had a brutal schedule. Just saying. That's all.
6: Uh side note, um <laughs> BYU now has the most pac 12 conference wins. They have four. Right. They have been Washington State today. Mm-hmm. They have four Pac-12 conference wins. How about that? Wow. But uh, Washington covered though. So thanks, Cooks. Well
5: how about Utah, the only undefeated team in the Pac 12 conference play, and they lost to San Diego
6: State. Yeah, it's not been great for a non-conference schedule.
5: All right. Meanwhile, UCLA completely humiliated. My my uh, phone is lighting up right now with all my UCLA people. They do not want to see him excused from the field, even after UCLA just scored to cut the lead to 10 with 10 and a half minutes to go. All yeah, right.
6: That's a, it's, it feels like there's less time than there is. There's a lot of time left still.
5: Plenty of time. You're only down two scores. Let's see if they can pull a comeback. All right. On the other side, we're going to get all of the NFL picks. And now... Whatever problems Jeff was having earlier have been corrected. He has figured this all out. He's got nothing but winners coming up next. Saturday, Steve Hartman, Jeff Schwartz with you. I want to thank the guys today. Iowa Sam. You guys want to hear more about Indiana's schedule? No. Let's do it. All righty. Uh, we do want to see Iowa State uh, trying to hang on. Minute nine to go. Leading Oklahoma State 24-21, David Gascon, who's been so busy with his acting gigs, play-by-play gigs. man has a lot on his plate. Gascon's coming up. Uh, it's nice to see him again. And how about Danny G? Danny is now part of our Saturday. you Love have a it. good time today, Danny, yes, as we roll sir. through this Saturday? Let's here.
4: go, Dodgers.
7: I've been warming up my right arm.
5: Yeah, well, it's uh, <laughs> going to be tough. Bueller's on short rest. It'll be another bullpen day for the Dodgers, almost uh, assuredly so. All right, this UCLA-Oregon game uh, just got more interesting as your guy, Anthony Brown, threw an interception. That was not a good pass. UCLA intercepted. The play calling of Chip Kelly is beyond belief. Did you see the first down play? It was a direct snap to Charbonnet, the UCLA running back, who flipped it over to DTR, the quarterback.
6: The truck truck play, yeah. Uh,
5: What that was And then he just threw it out of bounds.
6: Yeah, it was was, no one was up
5: there. And then he followed that up with a pass that was uh, overthrown by 10 yards. I mean, when you hang your career as a coach on one guy, who is not that good. I'll be kind because he's a college quarterback. Um, that's usually sealing your fate if you're a guy like Chip Kelly, right?
6: Uh, yeah, it, it, it is, yeah. I mean, I think the lack of development of Doran Thompson Robinson has to be concerned, right? It's been kind of the same guy now for the whole time Many years yeah
5: yeah nothing there uh ucla though uh still has an opportunity here insight eight minutes to go it's
6: never easy for us steve never easy. i think I feel like every fan base feels the same way it's just never it never easy right it can <laughs> never be easy um very quickly though yeah kenny pickett for for pittsburgh is yes. 25 of 39 for 300 yards uh two touchdowns against clemson as pittsburgh's going to win this game uh 27-17 he, he might move up those Heisman rankings pretty fast now. Well, I mean, he's on
5: the—look, I at there's a lot of guys on the radar. I'm not going to dismiss my man St- uh, Sam Hartman after the day yeah. he had for undefeated Wake Forest today. Uh, so, no, I mean, it's wide open as far as the Heisman chase is concerned. All right, let's get to it, Jeff. Uh, let's talk about some of your favorite picks tomorrow around the National oh, Football League, and you bounce worst, back after a couple of bad weeks.
6: It's the worst. It's the worst of the, the NFL season. It is not good. No. Um, so I like Seattle Monday Night Football getting five points. Um, I know that might be crazy, but uh, they're in like they're desperation mode, right? Um, we saw them play much better in the second half against Pittsburgh. New Orleans is, is on the road. Uh, do you trust Jameis in Seattle? I, I certainly don't. Well, New Orleans
5: this year has been, to me, like Tennessee. Like where they, like up one, up down, up down. You don't know one week to the next yeah. with New Orleans. Uh, they've been that all season long. So you're going to put your faith in Geno Smith. By the way, New Orleans, when you have a home dog on Monday night, that's like money in the bank, yeah, right? I took, like, I,
6: like, I, like I took Tennessee last week yeah. or this past week. Um, home dogs so-
5: on Monday night are always a good play.
6: So I I took the Houston Texans at plus seventeen and a half at Arizona. Really? Um, Are you yeah, gonna play do, this game? Let me explain why. Let me right. Explain why. Um, I, I looked it up. A lot of times, um, you know, the teams that are getting 17 points covering the NFL, it's a lot of points in the NFL, first yeah. of all. Second of all, Arizona just beat the Browns in a, in a pretty big spot. And then they play Thursday against um, against the Packers. They go to uh, to Green Bay on Thursday. And it kind of is a look-ahead spot for them, right? Kind of just like no Chandler Jones again. Just kind of like... Just looking ahead, I don't think I don't think they lose the game. But seventeen and a half is a lot of points. Um, I took Miami at home getting uh, two points against Atlanta. I like the over in Kansas City and Tennessee. How about this? The, the total is 75 and a half. 57.5 and a half Huge number. I looked this up. Since 2013, there's been 22 games where the total has been over 57. Oh. 22 times since yeah. 2013. Huge. It enough. has gone over 18 times. Wow. 18 of 22 times. So take the over in that game um, as well. And then I, I took Washington plus uh, eight in uh, in Lambeau.
5: Boy, you're, every one of your picks are opposite mine. I had Atlanta minus two and a half. I'm taking Green Bay, giving the points. I took the Rams, giving the points. Talk about, uh, everyone's talking about, you know, Jared Goff and, you know, Detroit shouldn't be winless. They, I think the Rams are going to annihilate the Lions. I mean, to me, the Lions seem to be a dispirited I think that's a, team. I, that's
6: one of the picks I almost took. I took Jared Goff under passing yards, by the way, under 260.
5: Yeah. And by the way, it hasn't all been his fault, but the problem is he keeps laying the ball down on the turf. Yes. He's only thrown four interceptions, so he's lost four fumbles. What did you make of uh, his coach calling him out?
6: I mean, I think they're just over it. Yeah, but uh, I mean,
5: (laughs) okay. But that doesn't speak highly of him. All right. another. The
6: Rams are over it, too.
5: All right. Let's see if UCLA can come
4: back. Don't go anywhere. Keep it right here on Fox Sports Radio.